is episode 514, a bank holiday edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. Coming to you here on Bank Holiday Monday. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Joined as always by my two favorite Easter buddies. First of all, Paul Griffin. I'm hopping mad. And also, Joe Towner. I'm excited to be here. Excellent to hear. Well, we've got a whopper show and plan for you, everyone. It's such an exciting week. Um, so many things to talk about, so many Easter festivities. Um, and I realized the kind of the one nice thing I kind of did this week with my extended um, bank holiday break was the same thing I've done and talked about on this show for the last like four weeks, I think, which is I went to the park. Um, you know, it was a bit nice this time because we got proper traditional cliche bank holiday weather here. It was quite warm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, nicely went lay on the grass. That's all you can really do. Um, uh, and enjoyed the uh, uh, the fresh air and the ambiance. Um, so that was quite lovely. Um, uh, on Friday night, we went to a, a local um, uh, public house. They were doing uh, takeaway. Every business in Limerick is now serving either food or drink, out, basically out their front door. Um, right. Like some of them have bought quite nice, kind of boutique-looking, like little kiosks that they're either putting on their door or in their smoking area to serve people through. You know, during the continued lockdown. So we went to one near us. I was kind of hoping for a takeaway pint because sometimes, you know, you got a, a nice tasty pint out of a out of a mm. out of a pump. Uh, but uh, the one I went to, no, no such luck. But they they had made quite nice uh, cocktails served in like fancy like glass bottles nice you know, whatever again it was literally just a case of what's something we can do this evening just to you know get out of the house go for the walk and, and get a bit of a drink so we got one of those each and came back and, and and had it on the balcony so that was quite nice again making the most of the weather that's been that's we been are right. so old now this podcast used to be i went to the nightclub did ecstasy off a hooker <laughs> now it's i went to the park and then to the public house where i had cocktail in a fancy glass yeah and only and one as well. the we balcony bought, we bought we bought one each um because uh, because the old drinking habits are um uh, are so uh hampered by the by the locker i tell you what as well like if you want to talk about how fucking old we are all I right. do feel bad for my for, for my better half for Bronick because I'm just whinging not something. I am so sore and creaky and fucking joints sound like they're exploding at every yeah, fucking bad. turn. Like, and I've always kind of had that, but like I used to do a lot of walking to and from work, and then I'd be off gallivanting all over the country. Now I because I am just fucking sitting on the couch all day every day when i do get up to go to the shop it's like it's like i i'm i've mixed coke and pop rocks in my mouth um <laughs> and when i try to get up i sound fucking horrific and it's painful uh like first thing i want to do as soon as those services are available like i i need a massage and i need to go to my doctor to go out and say i might need to go to a physio or something because i'm really sore um so that's that's the age update for you um <laughs> Yeah, what about you, lads? How was your how was your extended weekend? How was your Easter uh, break? It's good, it's good, it's good. Um, Michelle and I went out on Friday. Now that well, we're kind of in this in this situation now where the restrictions are grad very gradually being lifted. Mm. So now you can 
go and sit in someone else's garden. I mean, I, I never would go and sit in someone else's garden. No, <laughs> well, it's a very why, specific why thing, I, isn't it? Yeah. Why would I want to? Um, but we did we did go out. We did actually get on a train and go across London to a different uh, location, Lovely. which, to be honest, we could have done that at any time. No mm. one's actually check, checking or stopping you, but it's like, well, we're going to stick to the rules. Now that it's sort of allowed, we'll, we'll go and do it. So we went to a little street food market um, in East London, um, had a little burrito and some tacos, Ooh. which is very nice. Um, very, very sunny day on Friday. So lots and lots of people out. It was really busy. Um, so we had a nice, nice kind of walk um, down by the, the canals in East London, had a lovely uh, Mr. Whippy ice cream, uh, which was delicious. I say ice cream, I actually got a, um, a strawberry slushy mountain, which is a big, <laughs> a big cup of red strawberry slushy okay. uh, with the Mr. Whippy ice cream on top. Ooh. So you're drinking the slushy, you're eating the ice cream. Uh, and if you're lactose intolerant like I am, you get an incredible pain in your bowels. <laughs> like, double over going, oh, you need no fucking ice cream with a little. Um, yeah, but it was delicious. You know, I'm not sure I ever fully give up eating ice cream, even though it causes me a little bit of pain. Um, but yeah, that was very nice, very nice otherwise. Uh, and then Saturday, Sunday, typical Easter stuff. I had a bit of lamb, a bit of roast lamb, popped around my mum's yesterday. And today, I don't know, we haven't really done, done a lot, just kind of farted about. But yeah, it's been good. Good to have the break. And, uh, and I'm now doing the usual thing, which is looking at the uh, UK bank holiday uh, website and going, ah, oh, fuck, when's the next bank holiday? Because yeah. <laughs> it's over. I have to like just look forward to the next one to yeah. escape from work. But you guys so, have one in May, yeah. don't you? We got one on 3rd of May. Lovely. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Yeah. What, what I usually do is take, we have, we have two in May, two bank holidays in May. So I usually take the other two Mondays as well. So that I have like every Monday off in May. So mm. a little, little, little tip for everyone who are listening at home there. Not bad. Get yourself a four day week in May. So yeah. So that's a, so that's a good, good break there. Did we know, did we know about Joe's lactose intolerance? I don't, that's not part of the canon. Fun. Because I thought you were going to talk about just like brain freeze and or sensitive teeth, and I've never heard the brain freeze actually. I, that's not something I've experienced. Really? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had brain freeze either. Yeah. But I've I've sensitive teeth, so okay. um, I've had I've had brain freeze easily five hundred times more. Probably. <laughs> wow, that's weird. And um, that's just this week. Yeah, I, I didn't even eat any ice cream. <laughs> I think um, I have a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> No, my teeth, I, I don't have particularly sensitive teeth, but I do get brain freeze and my eyes Ooh. water and I have to look up and thump myself in the forehead until it goes away. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that doesn't sound nice. It probably is a bit like concussions. In that, <laughs> doing that probably, it's like loose, you know, opening the top of the jar. Once you get one brain freeze, oh, you get them all the time. Oh, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Shh, shh, shh. You need to speak on the mic. Easiest way of curing a brain freeze is to shove your tongue against the roof of your mouth. Mm. It lets the tongue apply some heat, which cures the brain freeze. There, you go. there we go. Or, or look up to the sky and hit yourself in the forehead. That's my and, just, and just headbutt the wall. Just absolutely go, go nuts on the wall. Oh, no. <laughs> when you wake up, the brain freeze will be gone. <laughs> Um, no, so make sure we add that to the wiki, um, Scott. Joe, lactose intolerance, okay? <laughs> um, 
what did we get up to? Oh my god! Um, first of all, there was you know we we've had our issues with um, various companies this last year. Barry and Microsoft trying to rip them off. The various postal uh, services yeah. that we deal every, with. Every every po- there's no postal services left. I haven't had beef with you know. I, yeah. I, just 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 oh, I'm like John Wick out here. Yeah, now it's uh, now it's Cadbury's that I got a bone to pick with, because <laughs> I it's, it's going to be tough for you to win us around versus Cadbury's. To be honest, I know I'm a big Cadbury's fan. Mm. I mean, I, do I still have? No, I ate the last dairy milk I had. <laughs> um, I got one. Well, is it? Yeah, for, uh, over the course of the Easter period, let's say, uh, I got three eggs of three different sizes right i got one of the little not the tiny tiny ones but the s- small right the ones yeah. that you'll typically see like three for five euro or three for five pounds in you know shops little ones. then i got one of the medium-sized ones that you you won't see in a deal but maybe it'll be like on its own for five euro or, or six euro yeah and then i got one of the big the bigger ones that are in a different shaped uh thing in more like a, a uh was a cylindrical uh shape uh, anyway, opened up the small one first. first. I'm like, this is smaller than it used to be. Little, little dinky, little tiny egg. Didn't even satisfy my cravings for an egg. Was that small? Yeah. Then I had the medium one, also smaller, I believe. Ooh. And then the large one, which is usually you know the 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 king of eggs. It was like a medium egg, and I'm very I was all very disappointed. Now I have not been able to prove that the eggs are smaller than they have been. But um, on on the I think they do. they didn't pass the eye test. Um, but that won't stop you from talking about it. No, and they are gone. I ate every one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that was not good. Also, um, I went out on I want to say it was Thursday evening. Um, my friend wanted to go to the the Tesco up the road, the biggest, which is like one of those big big Tesco's. Big ones, um, yeah. Get 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 a few last minute um, eggs in. Also, it was his girlfriend's birthday, so I wanted to pick up something there. Um, so we went on an Easter egg hunt. We went to the big Tesco, sold out of eggs. Not a single Easter. I egg was going to ask. I was going to yeah. ask. Are you guys having egg shortages? Like, I don't know what yeah. the fucking deal is. Is it something to do yeah. with those uh, microprocessor chips they put in PlayStations that are <laughs> in in short supply all over the world? Is that how they make eggs? <laughs> Um, egg, I met my manager during the week, and she was like, "Oh, no, all sold out of eggs." I was like, "What?" And I just kind of went, "Yeah, whatever." And then I, and then <laughs> I went to the spar like the next day, and like the, the manager there I was like, "If you're looking for eggs, lads, you're not going to find one." He's not talking to me, but he's talking to me. <laughs> um, no, he's standing at the door like, "What? Well, you're looking for eggs, lads?" Fucking uh, no his shotgun, going, "If you're looking for eggs." Don't fuck come here. No, but uh, there was two people meandering around the shop. He's like, if you're looking for eggs, we don't have any. And then he said, there's none to be had in Limerick City. And I was like, I was like, what? And then <laughs> we did our shop er, er, earlier today in, in the big Tesco again. And, you know, typically this is the stage now where they're marking down the eggs. You can get your three for mm-hmm. a tenner. They're getting rid of all the eggs. It's like, no, it's all good. All picked clean. I, is it is it is it just as the only thing you're allowed to do this year is go to the shop? So people have just gone on mass to actually buy Easter eggs. I really don't know. Is it more economical to live off eggs now than bacon or whatever <laughs> <laughs> that people do with their trolleys full of eggs? 
or were the yeah. eggs on were the eggs on that big boat in the Suez Canal? Is that oh what? wow, that would be what a twist that oh, would be. That be a it. thing for eggs, be maybe. But yeah, we went to four shops, and not a single egg was to be oh, had. No, one after another. We spent about half an hour driving from shop to shop. No eggs. No eggs. Um, yeah, like you said, it used to it used to be the thing. You would go down like on Easter Monday or on Tuesday down to whatever the, your local shop was, and yeah, they'd have the cheaper eggs. You pick up eggs and be all fat and eat eggs. Mm. Not this year, baby. No eggs no. left. Yeah, we went to um, the big Sainsbury's today, and I was like, hmm, maybe they'll have some cheap eggs. No, got in there. The seasonal section, they've ripped it all it's out. Toilet paper in- now. They've put in the charcoal, charcoal yeah, croquettes, charcoal. barbecues. Yeah. They've got the uh, Eid Mubarak for, oh no, not Eid, um, Ramadan. That's all Ramadan. the Ramadan yeah. stuff's up. I'm not exactly sure what they sell for Ramadan. I didn't investigate too far, but maybe they have eggs. Muslims have eggs as well. Chocolate eggs. Know. That'd be a weird Christmas. <laughs> and we, all the Christians have taken them already. Typical, <laughs> <laughs> typical. Am I right, Hans? Um, yeah, just yeah, wall to wall barbecues in Tesco today, just nonsense and hoes, but not in the Godfather way, but just the <laughs> the soil soil raking way. Um, yeah, it's mental. It's 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 summer, boys. Um, so I suppose there, yeah, that's another life cup update. I suppose the start in the old hay fever time of year. Um, I've been oh, feeling yeah. that this week. Took the first uh, took the first antihistamine of the of the year. Earlier this week, so feeling good about that. So, um, yeah, I've been I've been starting on those uh, as well. It's always hard to know: is it hay fever? Am I just a bit? Is it dust? <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah, I've also been um, trying to subscribe to more kind of email stuff. So I've been I don't know, I'm sure you guys are on on the Substack uh, mania. Um, mainly kind of motivated by my desire to spend less time on Twitter. Because <laughs> I find them <laughs> these days for every kind of one tweet that I enjoy, I read about three that just kind of annoy me or mm. make me feel <laughs> anxious or annoyed. Um, so I know, I know I am a complete Twitter addict. It's like first thing in the morning, I just lay in bed and read Twitter. Before I go to bed, I read Twitter. All through the day, I read Twitter. It's just so easy to just hit that little... Yeah, that little drop. Pull it, pull it back, and let a new new tweet lead uh, load. So I'm I'm trying to subscribe to more newsletters because I think if I can get a little hit of content from those, then I'm less likely to uh, go on Twitter. So if anyone, any of the wonderful listeners, do have a Substack uh, recommendation or any other kind of email newsletter that they they enjoy, something that um, curates content or news or you know, it could be wrestling, football, pop culture, whatever, and then send me a recommendation. So I've got a few a few good ones. Barry gave me a couple, and there's a couple that I have already. But, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to get back into email. I think email's the future. Because what I quite like about it as well is that I, what I find on Twitter and a lot of social media is that there's not a lot of thought put into what people post. It's just kind of farting out. So, and yeah, it just whatever comes into your head, you just got to fart it out. I mean, no offence, Barry. Obviously, you, you do have some great tweets, but... Plenty of farts as well, you know what I mean? Plenty, plenty about farting. And, that's, yeah. plenty, and literally about farts, yeah. yeah. Whereas what I kind of miss with like email, newsletters and blogs is that there's quite a lot of effort and sort mm. of craft that goes into it and like curation and that sort of thing. Like someone actually has to put it together and think about what they're writing. Whereas a lot of social media is just like, 
tits end and it's it's gone. So anyway, that's that's hope for the future. That will probably last about a week. Then I'll be back on Twitter because it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Any recommendations? Uh, very welcome. Yeah, no. Well, uh, well, you can be sure to check in every day this week to see what genre of film people want to cry about and uh, send. Uh, I, that that tweet made me so angry. Very send <laughs> send bombs to movie execs. Um, uh, tell. Wyatt Russell to go kill himself because I think you'll find, sir, on page 278 of the Captain America Marvel circa 1957 that he did not, in fact, strap up all three buckles on his armor. <laughs> Please kill yourself and your children. Um, oh, I'm like, we're at like a critical mass of fandom now where it's just yeah. all shit. It's just all complete shit. Oh my god. The fucking People complaining. Mortal Kombat's only one hour and fifty minutes. Yes, that's the one. I mean, uh, why would you ever want any movie to be more than two hours? Mm. Let alone Mortal Kombat, which should be eighty minutes. Eighty minutes, yeah. Only really. one hour fifty. They want they want it to be twenty four movies long, Joe. Yeah, they want it to be Marvel. They want it to be Scorpion the movie, and then fucking something. Oh my oh. god! Can you imagine that? And also, there's the people. There's the people who are trying to do the continue the monster verse thing. I'm like, you know, they've been making King Kong and Godzilla movies for 70 years. <laughs> you know, there are 36 Godzilla movies already. I've seen them. They're not going to like stop. Oh, I better do a hashtag to make sure, to make sure they don't stop making Godzilla movies. <laughs> oh my God, man. Oh yeah. So yeah, Substack is good. It's nice. It's a nice format to 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 get off the worst website in the world. Um, yeah, I I enjoy good Substack, and I I would also uh, look forward to hearing any any thoughts of anything Joe comes across or any recommendations he gets. Um, uh, for that. Um, yeah. So that's the uh, that's the old rundown. Uh, do we want to move in to Telegolf? Yes. Uh, so who wants to leave off? I haven't really watched anything uh, new. Uh, more of the same kind of stuff I've been talking about the last few weeks. Um, watched more Harley Quinn Season 2. Still enjoying it. Watched another episode of Invincible on Amazon Prime. Still really enjoying that. Um, and I'm nearly finished Atlanta Season 2. Uh, on the old Disney Plus, that's really great, and it's what I'm really surprised. This early in a show, they've gone way weirder and kind of out of the box than I was kind of expecting for the second right. season of, of a, fair, a very young show. Really, really great. They've kind of gone for more kind of um, individual main characters, kind of off on their own adventures um, in this season, as opposed to the first season, which is a very standardly formatted sitcom where they all get together and there's adventures and misadventures uh season two people just going off doing their own thing and and it's 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 something completely different but i really really like it so uh yeah still thumbs up on on atlanta that is up on the old disney plus in this part of the world uh but no nothing else uh nothing else new on the tv front from myself what about you boys um yeah well i watched the third episode of the falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. Um, you'll recall last the episode one I quite liked. Episode 
two I did not like. Um, mm. So where do we fall in episode three? Um, I I basically completely lost interest in the episode about half an hour in. And the last 15 minutes or so of it, I couldn't tell you what happened because it was so mind-numbingly <laughs> awful. <laughs> it, okay, so let me let me compare or let me put into context what's wrong with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Please um, do. I'll, I'll compare it with a, with a very, very good television show, which is uh, Lupin on Netflix. So mm-hmm. in, in, without spoiling anything, because Lupin is... Definitely a show people scroll out of the way to watch. There's an episode where Lupin, for one reason or another, ends up in a prison, right? And so the episode is basically... The entire episode can be summed up with, like, he needs to break into the prison to get an information and then escape from the prison. And that little bit of the story gets given the entire episode to develop how does he get into the prison. You find out literally step-by-step how he does that, how he gets the information he needs, the the various um, connections he has to make and the things he has to do to get to the bit of the information and then how does he get out of the pr- so you know you're following the story um it, it, it builds attention expertly over the course of the whatever 40 minutes it is right and then by the, by the end of the story by the end of that individual part of the story you're ready then to move on to the next episode to the next section of the story um this the cliffhanger at the end of episode two of winter soldier and the Falcon or whatever it's called is they um, there's a character in prison. So they're like, we have to get the character. We need to talk to this character. And it shows you like a shot of them in like, you know, the, the typical Marvel, what a prison is in the Marvel world, a glass case with like a chair in it or whatever. Um, So you're like, okay, I'm in my head thinking we're going to have an episode now like the Lupin episode, where they have to figure out how to get into the, this prison. They probably use their connections, their Avenger connections. They might go under like some kind of crazy heist and they'll, you know, da, 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 da. Um, within four minutes of the episode beginning, the guy's already broken out of the prison and they're moving on to the next thing. And I'm like, <laughs> what, how did they get him out? They just explained it away with like a montage over Winter Soldier explaining what and then i did this and then we got him and then, and there he is and I'm like you just did an entire episode of of worth of story in four minutes um and and the 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 show has this pacing issue throughout the second and third ep- first episode was fine because it took its time and it, it told kind of two individual stories over the course of the whatever half an hour but episode two and three they're so quick with stuff that it doesn't give anything time for you to understand mm-hmm. not on a level like understand literally what's happening but to you know feel what's happening and and go along so good with up. it for the ride yeah it's already going to the next thing oh don't worry about that there's a scene in the episode where they it, it, it's quite funny in how it's done because they're in like a nightclub you know you if i say to you nightclub scene you and your head can probably picture with 98% accuracy, what that's going to look like. So it's mm-hmm. it's a group of about 15 extras huddled together in one like tight little <laughs> shot with strobe lights going and, mm, oh, oh, and that, right? <laughs> so you get about six or seven edits. Sh- shot here, shot of the bar, someone taking a drink, shot, overhead shot of the... 
And then after these shots, someone just walks up and goes, I got it. Let's go. That's the that's the end of the nightclub scene. Nothing happened in the scene. It was just six shots of a nightclub. One person said one line and now we're on to the next bit. And again, it's like, what was the point of even doing this mm. nightclub scene? Like, I don't know. Um, also, they rely really heavily on here's that character from Winter Soldier that was that I don't remember. <laughs> like, they, there, there's a really really um ex- a really big expectation that you remember those films to the letter in terms of detail one division was fairly accessible you didn't need to remember tertiary characters from age of ultron um but winter soldier you definitely do you need to remember um mild spoiler i guess but if you said this to me it wouldn't be a spoiler because i wouldn't know who you're talking about you need to remember sharon do you remember the character sharon from winter soldier there you go she pops up and you're supposed to go oh my god it's her sharon (laughs) what are you doing here (laughs) there's two there's two moments like that in the episode and the second time I was like, I only know you're from Black Panther because you're a black bald woman. Otherwise, <laughs> I have no idea who you are. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just half an hour of of mumbo jumbo and scenes that last for five seconds before ending. I just oh, my brain was just fried, and I just zoned out and I started looking at Twitter. Um, so. You know, I I would probably I'd probably skip it to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if I can be bothered to watch. Like, it's only six episodes long. Um, episode one was quite good. Two and three were absolute absolute pigs of episodes. Which, of course, IGN.com gave an eight and a nine out of ten to respectively. Of course, they because did. if you have a mask and you you say "Hi Ho Silver Away" or whatever, they'll give you a fucking nine for nothing oh and also right there's a scene where they go to some fake city it's called like Mid- midrovia or something right and it's neo tokyo again because that's not been done to absolute uh, death by now um so yeah i i found the whole thing completely like the undertaker's entrance mind numbing and <laughs> brain chilling i was having i felt like i had a brain freeze during it um, thumping my head to make the noise go away. <laughs> um, unlike uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm still watching a, a very good TV show, Lost. Uh, okay. We're Ooh. coming to the end of season three. We're about six episodes left, and that's a that's a, a series that takes its time and sets up the stuff and then pays it off. There's there's not very often a scene of uh, six shots in a nightclub and then onto the next thing. Um, one thing that it does in the middle of season three, though, quite a bit, is it um, it has one episode that has a very definite, like defined cliffhanger, right? And then the following episode will not mention the cliffhanger at all, and then the following episode it'll get back to what the cliffhanger right. was. Of the, of, so it does that quite. It has like a pattern where it'll be like A B A B A B over the course of maybe like eight episodes, um, which I. I don't remember particularly being very frustrated by, but I seen I watching it now. I'm thinking, geez, that must have been the the most annoying thing. Constantly getting a cliffhanger and then waiting a week and then not getting anything about the cliffhanger until the week, like two weeks after. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lost is obviously a show that's 
um, influenced many TV series that would follow up, kind of nailed the whole character, individual character episodes that you kind of hinted at with Atlanta there. Um, really, really does that particularly well. Some really great episodes we watched there in the um, the last run. Run episode, I think we watched from like episode eight to episode 17 or something. So we there, there was some stinkers in there, to be sure. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, um, Expose, which is Expose is notable for being where they introduced two extra characters who they were just like, oh, they were just there the whole time. They were in the plane crash, but never appeared in season one and two. Um, with the idea being there's so many like background extras. What if two of them were just, okay, we just make them characters. And there was huge, huge backlash <laughs> against them. And so mm-hmm. they like killed them off in their first, <laughs> their first episodes, killed them right. off. Very, very funny. But um, yeah, Lost is, is one of my favorite shows. Um, don't have too much more to say about it. Apart from that, it's much better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. 100% better. That is very fair. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, loss is what it is. I know some people really like it, some are less into it, and it's. I wouldn't say it's you know perfect by any means. Definitely has its issues, but it's a show that I really enjoy, and it's very revisitable, especially if it's been ten years since you've watched it. Like I like it is for me. Uh, that's all the TV I watched. Any TV for yourself, Joe? No, no, nothing new. Um, just been watching Dawson's Creek and bits and pieces. Watched a documentary about uh, COVID the first year, which was, well, I don't need to recap it. We've all lived through it. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was interesting. Looked at it from a sort of international perspective and like first-hand experiences. So that was, that was quite good. But yeah, nothing nothing noticeable other than that. It's a bit of a, bit of a drought in terms of, sort of good good TV to watch, I think. Radio. Uh, so we can move on then to let me pull up the run sheet here. Uh, any game? Oh, sorry, it's games. No, we got a big movie to talk about. The biggest. Uh, movie. We're, we're going to pay off the thirty-six movie build-up now, are we? Yes. Yeah. The this is what Paul's been, <laughs> been leading to. Um, this this grandiose reveal, fellas. Have we all watched the old Godzilla versus the Kong? No, no, of course, so. of course, we watched it. Okay, well, Joe hasn't, so he can, he can. Right. He well, can, Joe, he, I, I, oh, I, let I, me guess. Do they have a fight? A big a monkey monster? fights a big right. lizard, in it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of times, a couple of times. Yes. Um, yes, I watched it. Um, it was good. Um, what did you think? <laughs> well, um, obviously, we, we both have posted our letterboxed reviews. We both gave it a six. I, yeah, I think it was very, very much a mixed bag. And I love when a movie comes along like this that is like a true mixed bag. Because I thought some bits were like great. Uh in, in terms of how they weren't objectively like <laughs> Citizen Kane, but with a monkey in it. Um, but there were bits that were just so much fun. I was just, oh, that shot, like certain shots in it that were done in with such a little wry n- wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ah, oh, look how the monkey jumped from ship to ship. And so I was like, ah, oh, this is just the best crack. And then there were like 
the worst, worst non-comedy characters. Like, okay, well, let's let's first of all, Millie Bobby Brown. She don't she don't need to be in films anymore. <laughs> she's fired. She's gone now. No, she's terrible. Terrible in it. But not only is she terrible, but they paired her with this like little mate that goes along for the ride who serves no purpose to the story whatsoever apart from to be annoying. Yeah, it's the it's the kid from Deadpool 2. Um, yeah. Who was fine in Deadpool 2. Who was but... fine in Deadpool 2 and they're and like oh like so they're teamed up with with Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta yeah. and various other things, who I think is hilarious. I mean, he's a great actor. But but it, miscast in miscast here terribly. I kind of I was like they to you know, I'm not saying movie executives in Hollywood are racist, but they probably are. I feel like they wanted a wisecracking black chap, and they yeah. couldn't get you know like they, they he's very much he was kind of like Kevin Hart, yeah. but that's not that's not his thing. Do you know what I mean? It's right. like he's way yeah. more subdued, the straight man. That's his bit, and he's hilarious at it. And he was he was like Chandler Bing in this movie, cracking wise, <laughs> being a smartass, and it was so falling fast. Now the material wasn't good anyway. Um, right. But yeah, even Millie Bobby Brown and the kid from Deadpool Two want to hang out with a, a podcaster to oh tear. And every time they cut to their scenes, I was like, oh no! Right, I'm gonna it, give it, you. It I'm gonna happen. tell you. I'm gonna spoil here the worst joke in the film. Right, Joe, are you sitting down for this? Just in case you start um, laughing so much. <laughs> There's a bit where Millie Bobby Brown, New Zealand kid, I don't know his name, need white. And um, podcaster, they are going through this facility, right? They're being chased by the bad guys, and they come. Basically, they come to a dead end, and a door closes behind them. And the kid goes, "Oh, doors hate us," <laughs> and that's the joke. Door doors. Let me just repeat that in case you missed it. Right? Doors hate <laughs> us. That made it. That made it into the final script. Doors hate us. us. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get why it was in the film, to be honest, because it was shite. Um, So just imagine Doors hate us for half an hour, and that's that little storyline, basically. Um, What I did like was, I I, I liked Kong a lot in it, which is, I like Kong more than I liked Godzilla in it, which I didn't expect. It's very much a Kong movie. It's not, not really a Godzilla movie. It's a Kong movie. In which Godzilla is, almost plays the antagonist in it. Yes, yeah, which I think was a smart, a smart way to do it. Yeah, I liked Kong. I liked the little girl who communicates with Kong. I thought she was quite good in it. She's probably my favorite actress in the movie, probably. Um, because if I if we go through the cast very quickly, right? You have Rebecca Hall who plays boring scientist mother. You have <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård who plays boring man with no personality. Um. <laughs> Kyle Chandler shows up for three scenes, continuing Grumpy Dad from King of the Monsters. Uh, we've covered Millie Bobby Brown and her little group. You have Bashir. I, I forget his first Daniel Bashir. Is that his name? Who plays the, um, the um, villain? Yeah, I, I actually don't. I didn't recognize something, him. something like that. He plays simultaneously the most over the top but also most in- instantly forgettable villain. Um, so I thought like the, the little girl 
who's like I think she's really deaf as well. So she does like sign language with Kong. I thought that worked. I thought she that that was a bit of a that that kind of worked for me. But then they're they're also bringing the little girl on like the suicide mission. That so I, I didn't didn't understand why she. Well, I guess she's the Kong whisperer. I guess but bringing this but they, child onto this military sub with the big monkey. They set up that they have to go on the special spaceship to go down to the center of the Earth, and no one's ever survived it. And the Alexander Skarsgård brother died at the one time because the the um, gravity made his intestines come out as whole or something. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, bring the little five year old girl on that; she'll absolutely be fine. Also, you never, you never. That's never addressed again. That his brother died. Like, this, yeah. this is this is. If it wasn't, I feel like this movie would be way worse regarded if they didn't nail the fight scenes. Yeah, because everything that's which not a fight do, scene is so stupid. Which they do; they're really spectacular. So stupid, terrible acting. Ter- terrible writing in the micro sense of all the jokes about and in the max sense of just just saying stuff to just move the movie along and, and yeah. you know, oh, uh, my brother tried this and he died. Anyway, that's the end of that thing ever being mentioned. <laughs> ever again. Um, don't yeah. ask me about that. Also, I don't think anything happens to the Alexander Skarsgård character. They just, they go to Hollow Earth and that's like the last you see of him doing anything meaningful. Yeah, you know. but not only that, right? They, they set up that this is is kind of like a last resort suicide mission. They have to do it because they have to get down for one reason or another, right? But then at the very end of the movie, it's like they're going down to the Hollow Earth on on weekends or something. Like it's the easiest thing <laughs> in the world. Just hop on the bus down to the Hollow Earth, you know? Yeah. Um, so you know, that was all very, very, very stupid and and in in a dumb, dumb, bad Marvel way. Yeah, um, as we said, Marvel have infiltrated these films. Now everything is Marvel. Um, everything is spaceships and blue energy and yeah. um, jokes that are not jokes. Um, and yet, yeah, like I was especially unsure about it. Maybe in the first half hour, because um, you get the the Rebecca Hall and her little family setup you have alexander skarsgård and the villain and a lot of yeah a lot of the setup i was like oh this film is not doing it for me and i, and I watched it before like i'm sure as i'm sure you did on the day it came out before a lot of the reviews had kind of come out I, I at least i hadn't read a lot of reviews on it and it's really wacky to see that a lot of the reviews are like have been very positive for it like more so than you or i would be about it i've seen like sevens and eights yeah yeah generous very generous yeah um so I, I wasn't sure about it until that first scene with Kong and Zilla on, on the boats. I was like, okay, if the film is going to be this, I can go along for the ride. Right. Um, but anytime, I wouldn't say necessarily anytime they weren't on screen, I I, I didn't care. Like like I said, the the Kong and the the little girl story that was, it was fine okay. Too. That was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the um the podcaster and and the the Millie Bobby Brown and their little investigation into Apex and going to Korea and all that that stuff was utter dreck of the highest order or the lowest um and yeah i i would have even i don't think it would have made the movie substantially better but i would have just had Millie Bobby Brown on her own find the podcaster and then the two of them had an adventure i i i never understood why the third character was needed there um Anyway, yeah, it's it's um, 
<laughs> like, it, it, was it just again some really cynical Hollywood fucking focus group thing of like there should be another kid here, a kid who's who's funny, who's been in a, another comedy movie that she can do jokes right. off of. Um, you know, yeah, like, like that is probably the worst chilling effect of the Marvel movies is every movie has to be a comedy now and it has to be this specific kind of comedy where the characters yes. go and say, um, okay, that plan didn't work. Uh, what else we got? Um, every character has to do that five times in a movie. But it's almost um, like, um, it's, it's almost like US office humor as well. It, it feels like that's been taken, put into Guardians of the Galaxy, and now that's permeated everything else. But I think that's kind of the the kernel. So in fact, Ricky Gervais is indirectly responsible for ruining cinema. <laughs> Which we all knew would happen. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, just the worst, the worst, most unfunny rubbish, like... But thank God the, the fight scenes are so, like, they're not only good in a way that, like, 2014, people who didn't like the movie, oh, but then when you get to the last 25 minutes, it's great. Um, but this is, is, the fight scenes are actually, aside from being big city destroying battles, there is, like, high spots in it. And yeah. clever spots like you would have in a wrestling match. Oh, Phoenix did like a flip there into a move. It has stuff like that in it where it's it's put together or choreographed. It's not really chore- choreography because CGI, but it's I guess you would say choreographed yeah. really well. And some interesting like some like visually interesting like uh, shots. Like, like this is one where like it's almost like although this is like more practical and real and involves actual skill but there's almost like one shot that almost reminded me of breaking bad because like godzilla's like knocked back through a building it's almost like the camera is like on his chest as he's like falling through and there's shrapnel going on right you know it's it's um it is it is really dynamic there's there's one where he's climbing the building and the building just like immediately falls over (laughs) because he's godzilla's knocking it down or whatever I I, I I I mentioned this in, in, in the old the old letterbox. It did remind me of that of that kind of point made in, in, in the Plinkett Star Wars reviews is that like when there is an action set piece, it's like interesting and the camera's whizzing around and the music is swelling and the effects are good and it's exploding and you're having fun. And then when it comes time for like two people to have a conversation in a room, it's like the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. Because it's it's flatly shot. It's badly written. Terrible comedy. Characters you couldn't possibly give a shit about. Horrible casting. You know, um, yeah. So it's 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 a, it's about as like this whole this whole verse universe whatever. It's it's a it's a I, probably my favorite one. It's a fitting peak because it's about as much of a mixed bag as the the rest of it has been. To be honest, um, right. And it's only an hour forty five. And has no post credit scene. So as soon as it ends, you're out of there an hour 45 yep. in. Take that, Mortal Kombat fans. And I <laughs> I, I did akin to the Mortal Kombat thing. I, if anyone didn't see this thing we, we were alluding to, some guy was like freaking out and he ended up having being responded to a, a bajillion times <laughs> saying that it was like horrible that the Mortal Kombat movie that's out in a few weeks is, is an hour 50 and not only should it be longer, but they should do the Marvel thing and each character can movie. Like, imagine that and just blow your brains out right now if, if that happens. Um, but someone, the exact same, I thought the exact same conversation happened when the runtime for this movie came out. And everyone was like, oh my God, what? It's not even two hours. How can you do it? Just Do people, have people forgotten what a film is? Like, have people <laughs> forgotten what a film is? 
bearing in mind that we're slagging off the idea of doing a, a Mortal Kombat universe, this movie had three movies before it. <laughs> well, how long does it need to be? Especially, especially when the the script was written by a child. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it is exactly as long as it needs to be. Because, like, like the, I was really like, it sets the tone perfectly for how the quality of the writing. When in the first, I genuinely, I think like the first three minutes of the film, they say, "Well, you know, Kong's here because if uh, Godzilla sees him, they'll fight." They literally just say Godzilla will fuck him up if they know, if he knows where he is. So yeah. and so they and it's and they say, mm, uh, "Here's a, here's a picture of a cave painting." Some say they fought forever. Anyway, um, you know, like that's the quality. Like what's <laughs> what's the yarn? What's what's the what's the the legendary tale that needs to be spun yeah. here? You know, no, and they even, they even said I saw like proper film critics con- not confused, but like not really getting like why Kong Godzilla are fighting and all. Like they didn't just have a film called King of the Monsters that set up that Godzilla is like the end of that film was him standing on a mountain and all the yeah. other ones bowing to him. Yeah, that and is like, why. and he kills like in that one he kills like Ghidorah, who's way tougher than King Kong. You know. It's, it's... <laughs> Yeah, Although anyway. a Kong with three heads would be pretty good. That'd be pretty fucking good. Um Kongador. There you go. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean one other thing I would say about it is um yeah, I don't think it overstayed its welcome at any point. And no, at no point was I bored, even though you know a lot of it was nonsense. Uh I wouldn't say I was bored by any of it, especially once the fighting gets going. Um the action was all very fun. Oh, and then there's the bit where, okay, as you said, Barry, they're like, we can't have Godzilla uh, get to Kong. Because if Godzilla yeah. recognizes Kong's there, they're going to fight. So how do they transport Godzilla in a way that, or transport Kong in a way that Godzilla won't find them? Just on a boat. Uh, they get the world's biggest, like the size of the Statue of Liberty, uh, glasses with a little mustache underneath it. And they put it on King Kong. And they, but, and they put and they put a giant stripy shirt on him, put some onions around him, and so this is just uh, we're we're just going to Paris. It's my friend here, but like you know, <laughs> but like they just whack him out of boat, and of course Godzilla just attacks him, <laughs> and then they go, oh, let's tie him up with some balloons or whatever, which is which is <laughs> matched to the nineteen sixty two movie. Yeah, which they do that, and then that works. Like, why didn't they try that first? Why did they think oh, the boat cool. idea was gonna work? God, Godzilla can. Shoot. He lives in the sea, <laughs> uh, but but when they get when the, when the helicopter suddenly just works, it's like like there's uh, collectively across these three films with Godzilla, there's probably an hour's worth of footage of him destroying planes and shooting helicopters out of the sky, and he like, does it in this movie, I'm sure. He does it in this film. It's so stupid. <laughs> and, um, and also, right here's, while we're nitpicking, right while we're being um, little pricks, yeah. They the whole point is they need to get gods or I keep calling him Godzilla. They need to get King Kong to Antarctica so that he can like lead them to where the Hollow Earth wormhole is, right? And once they get there, there's just like a big tunnel, and they point at it and go, "Well, that must be it." What did they need Kong for? <laughs> Why didn't they just guess who was in there and go? Yeah, it was a tiny. Like- <laughs> You might say, well, they had to like lead them. But there was no point where there, there was like an ambiguity about which way it was. Kong just like swings his way there and they just follow him. But there's never a, oh, is it this way or this way? Or are we going the right way? Or blah, blah, blah. 
I did understand why that was necessary. Yeah, it, it, it was very weird because it was like, okay, we've, we've failed multiple times to go into Hollow Earth. So, so then they just had the assumption that if they successfully get there, they'll need a guide. And again, one 10 second bit of verbiage where they go, all the monsters know where it is. Anyway, um, yeah, it's in their DNA or whatever, I guess. Or it's in their <laughs> DNA. You know, oh my god. Oh, and then there's the daughter of the villain who's who goes to the Hollywood. She's like the really obnoxious and mean woman who they tolerate for some reason until she gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was, you know, was all right. You know, that was, that was fine. I appreciate that she's killed in a very unceremonious, quick way, which is nice. Um, yeah, so this is definitely a very dumb movie. Um, uh, a kind of a but a fun, movie. but a fun one. But a yes, fun one. yeah, absolutely. I, I, like as I said, they, we, they they offhandedly mention ten million things and they never follow up on them. And that's kind of fine. Like the bad kind of dumb movie is where they kind of expect you to care about any of that shit, which this one doesn't, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So. Well, as I as I said, the bad kind of movie would have been a boring one, like King of the Monsters was. Yeah. Um, like twenty fourteen is alleged to be, which I don't agree with, but I will allow that point. Um, this one is at least not boring. Uh, it's it's the dumbest of the four movies, but at only an hour forty five, it doesn't stretch any of the scenes out unnecessary uh, necessarily long. It doesn't drone on about uh, environmental message for minutes on end it's kong's gonna fight godzilla let's get to it and it does and it's good yeah and it's it's a movie that i if it's if it's sort of trotted out when they reopen theaters here i I would definitely see it again i was i was disappointed having to kind of watch this on telly do you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's it could not be more obviously a film made uh, to be watched in a proper uh, cinema environment. One, one more thing before we move on. We've talked about this movie long enough. So they go through the whole bit, right? They go down through the tunnel in Antarctica in their yeah. magic ship, right? They follow Kong, who just swings like he's swinging on vines for some reason on rocks. They get there, they do their thing. I won't talk too much about what happens down there, but they, they do their thing. And then Godzilla just like shoots his atomic breath. He shoots a hole in the earth big enough to get and then Kong just comes out with the hole. Yeah. And it like I think it was like it, hundreds of kilometers away or something. Well a wormhole. The, it, it 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 was supposed to be but then yeah, then that happened. And also like whatever way they shot it or whatever, it didn't even look like it was that deep. Like it wasn't like it looked it, like he was in the sewers under the sea or something. Yeah, it looked or yeah, it looked like he, like he just tore, tore a hole and then he was looking at it and they could have chatted. Do you know what I mean? It was that close. <laughs> <laughs> like he should he, he should have blown the hole and then Kong looks up and it's like a speck in the distance, a little shining light. He knows ah that it has to be Godzilla because yeah. who else would this be? But instead, it's just like they're uh, what you do about it. I'll get up there to you, you fucker. You know. Um. Yeah. It, 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 incredibly dumb film, but. Uh, one I would watch again, uh, for sure. Um, I enjoyed it certainly more than uh, King of the Monsters. Enjoyed it more than Skull, oh, yeah. uh, Skull Island as well. So. I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Um, uh, so, Joe, what did you watch while we were watching Monkey and Lizard? Well, I watched another adaptation of Cinderella. Okay. Um, Ooh, no. <laughs> I'm basically doing what Paul did, but with all the Cinderella movies. Okay. Um, so only about 400 to go. 
Um, so we watched Ever After, which is a movie from 1998, which nope. stars um, Drew Barrymore. And it's, um, it's the conceit is basically there's like an elderly kind of you know, aristocratic woman, I don't know, Duchess or something. She's kind of telling the story of her grandmother, who she says the story, the fairy tale of Cinderella is based on. Like, so this is kind of supposed to be the true story behind the fairy tale of Cinderella. Uh, and so then Drew Barrymore kind of plays a Cinderella character who meets a charming prince and they start to kind of fall in love and she goes to the ball and it, and it kind of plays out as if the fairy tale was like a real kind of drama set in uh, ancient Europe, basically in the, the 1500s or whatever. Um, and so it's, it's pretty good. Um, I, I quite enjoy, I think Drew Barrymore's, you know, always very watchable, very, you know, very kind of engaging actress and lots of kind of good supporting cast. Um, but the fact that it's almost, it's not quite like, gritty reboot of Cinderella right. but the, the fact that you're telling a kind of very realistic version of it kind of removes the things that make Cinderella interesting right. you know what I mean if you take all of the all of the fairy out of fairy tale then what what you're kind of left with just the tale. Prince, but yeah just the tale but it was it's still quite a good movie still quite funny and yeah Drew Barrymore was great so I'd say yeah up there with with the uh, the Brandy and Whitney Houston Cinderella that we watched um, so give that a couple of thumbs, thumbs in the middle, thumbs vaguely up. Um, I'm looking forward to watching, I think it's called, in, is it Enchanted with Amy Adams? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't that one like, a, that, that's a more like, that's a kiddie kind of one, is it? No, but they just they... did a Cinderella. It's not just Cinderella they did with her? No, it is called Enchanted yeah. something, I think. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's just an older one, but I think Michelle, but we can't find it anywhere because it's not on Disney+. Plus. So I don't know where it is at the moment, but but they uh, did. Oh yeah, the 2015 one, Kenneth Branagh. Who was in that one? Lily James. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, I don't think I've ever seen a Cinderella adaptation before. We watched the one the other week, um, which is strange, but yeah, that was good. And that's all. That's all we've already watched uh, in terms of movies. Uh, I did watch uh, one other movie this week. I watched um, not not an Oscar movie. Should be though. Uh, I watched Freaky, which is a um, uh, a Christopher Landon joint. He is the Happy Death Day director and the director of the sequels. Um, he, what his gimmick seems to be is, right, he knocks on various studio doors and he brings his little DVD collection with him. And he goes, right, have you ever seen this? And they go, yeah, <laughs> love it. Brilliant film. Love Groundhog Day. It's like, right, what if, what if I made this? but it was a horror comedy instead. And they were like, you've done it again, Chris, you genius. Uh, so what Freaky is, it is essentially Freaky Friday, but one of the people being swapped is a teen girl, and the other person is a knife-wielding slasher movie uh, character, who's a character who's kind of an amalgamation of all your slasher movie tropes. He's got a faux Jason mask, he's got a knife, He's he sleeps in a creepy crack den surrounded by mm. Texas Chainsaw, uh, bones hanging from the roof, and it's it, like Happy Death Day. It is very funny. It is an amusing one of those. If if you if you are game for that concept, basically being done again, but with a a um, uh, a horror twist. It's it's a little bit doing its own thing. Um, uh, I, I would say the ratio is about the same as Happy Death Day. The 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 DNA of the of the original movie is impossible to shake. 
but they have some fun with it. Um, and a vast majority of the comedy is, um, you know, Vince Vaughn running like a teenage girl and then <laughs> saying, like, and then doing his, like, you know, okay, I know I need to swap my body's back, but do you think that boy likes me? And let me tell you, folks, that is funny. I may not be describing it very well, but it is incredibly funny because he, he commits to the bit. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's well done. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good fun. If, if, you, if you enjoy your happy death day, you will, you will get a kick out of this. And it's got some, you know, it's got some, like, really crazy over-the-top kills as well to get in there because it's still a, you know, a horror movie. Um, and, and it's got those two really fun performances. So, um, yeah, thumbs up on that. Um, uh, a solid hoot. Um, yeah, that's been, that's been the other film for the week. Um, what about the old video games? I've kind of just been playing the usuals, the stuff I've been talking about the last few weeks. Your, your Mario World, your um, uh, Wreckfest, Alan Wake, all the stuff I've been chatting about recently, Call of Duty. I started Outriders, which is like the new live game of the moment, the the multiplayer service game, whatever the fuck type of the Destiny, the type of thing that I never usually play, but it's free on Game Pass. Seems cool enough, but I, I haven't I haven't had time to to group up really with the with the pals, get everyone online at once and play it. So um, I am looking forward to doing more of that again. That was a freebie on Game Pass, so that's the. That's the allure of that service. What about yourself, uh, Paul? Um, uh, how's the old uh, Bowser's Fury journey going with you? Yeah, well, I started Bowser's Fury. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I never finished 3D World. Can't be arsed. Um, <laughs> like I said, got to the very, very last world to those two like marathon levels. Um, and I, I did try a little. Not, it didn't give it a, a, a real try, but the the equivalent of like darker road or or whatever it's called in Odyssey. Um, there's one of those on 3D World, but like right at the start of the level, it has bits where there's like jutting out squares with gaps in between, and I just kept falling in. I was like, F- I'm not fucking doing this. Fuck this game. <laughs> I'm finished with it. So I started Bowser's Fury. Um, finished it. I haven't 100% completed it, but I, I, I rolled credits on it. It's, it's only about three hours long. Um, there are 100 shines, cat shines, they're called, to collect mm. in the game. You only mm. need to get 50 to finish the game. Um, I have about 65, 70, somewhere in that range at the moment. Um, so, yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, it is a an open world area. Where you can do the the various levels, I guess you call them, in whatever order you see fit. Um, I don't know if it really works as an open world game, though. Insofar mm. as it doesn't feel like a world, it feels like a bunch of individual Mario levels just next to each other Six with water together. between them. Like, yeah. Um, it definitely feels a bit more like a, a proof of concept than a finished game or a finished idea. Um, they take a lot of assets from 3D World. So if you just played 3D World, you'll be very familiar with a lot of the uh, platforming or a lot of the mechanics uh, that you're you know going through. Um, 
It's fine. I mean, as far as a uh, new Mario, I hesitate to say content, but new Mario content, if that's what you want, it's like six hours of that, and it's fine. Yeah. But it's not um, the idea of like a proper open world Mario game. I don't know if number one. I don't know if it's that fully realized, but also I kind I, I kind of like my Mario games segmented into levels anyway. Like I, if Mario Odyssey just had a, a better hub world to link all the levels together, like that's enough for me. I don't need all my levels to literally be in the same plane of existence. You know, um, uh, yeah, like it's fine. I don't. I, I. I'm much less impressed by it than I was hoping I would. Hoping be. you'd be okay. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that it's necessarily bad in any singular way, but just it's 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 almost too similar to 3D World without having its own kind of identity. Also, a lot of the levels just look too similar. It doesn't have like without you know it having to have the cliched stuff there's not like a, a a forest area and a water area it's just all the areas just kind of feel the same okay. and so it, it feels more like a big odyssey level than a, a, an open world you know mm-hmm. um yeah the one good thing in it or the one properly revolutionary thing is the ability to just you have like a bank of power-ups that you can yeah yeah okay that's that's fine but i also with that i find myself never using the flower power up for example or i i i I often just have like five of them built up that i never really use so there's like six different power-ups in it and you can store five of each of one so you can have 30 power-ups stored up at any given time which makes the combat areas really really easy because you just have endless power-ups to use um, but also the power-ups, there are power-ups that are overpowered compared to the lesser ones, so you, you find yourself not using them so much, and there's not puzzles that really force you to anyway. So it's a bit un- unbalanced in that way as well. It's fine. It's, a, it's like a good 7 out of 10. And it's only 3 hours long if you only want to beat it, and about 6 hours long if you want to 100% it, which I probably will do. But it's not something that is really grabbing me that I'm thinking about playing all the time when I'm not playing it like I was with mm. Odyssey or games like that. It's fine. That's all I've been playing, really. That and Pro Evolution Soccer. Got Espanol promoted to La Liga. Ooh, well done to them. Yep. So that's the game, Guff. Uh, it's game, Guff, for the week. Do we have emails? We all have emails this week. Who would like to go first on the old emails? Uh, don't have mine open. Let me get them open. Okay, I have mine here. It's from Scott, and it's a very controversial topic. Plain or with topping? So it says, good evening, Paul. Uh, My girlfriend and I discovered a new burger place in our area, and we're delighted to find that it not only was very good, but they had some very interesting choices for their chips. Our first visit, we had chips with coleslaw and barbecue sauce on it. That sounds like the worst thing <laughs> in the world, Scott. But I, um, I know. I'm, I'm in shy. That, that sounds all right. Coleslaw is fucking... I'd rather eat diarrhea than coleslaw. Uh, what is wrong with you? Oh, my God. Oh, my well, this, stems, baby. This, this stems from my dislike of mayonnaise, I suppose. Fuck, coleslaw is just the mankiest shit in the world. 
he says it was delicious, allegedly. I don't know if I can trust him on that. Um, <laughs> we've also had them with nacho cheese and turkey bacon and with ranch seasoning on them, which brings me to my question. Which do you prefer? Just salted fries that you can dip into something or fries with toppings already on them? Well, what I'll say first of all is I'm definitely a dipper when it comes to the uh, the fried French. Um, people who put the like t- squeeze the topping of whatever it is all over the chips, those people belong in hell, where rightfully they will go. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I generally, maybe this is this is this speaks to how Irish I am, that I can just appreciate the humble spud for what it is. I don't need to have my <laughs> mouth burned with raw extra food. Yeah, just eat like an apple. <laughs> What are you no. on about? What are you what, like? I appreciate a spot. I don't have to put anything on my chin. What the fuck are you on about? Oh my god! You like being sarcastic? That is a controversial topic. It is now. Oh my god! I like. Uh, <laughs> I just like yeah. Salts. I'll I'll, I'll take vinegar. Salt and vinegar will be all right. And then I will just like ketchup. Like that. That'll do for me. I don't need wacky. Con- fucking confection contraptions <laughs> whatever I don't know what will be next fucking donut <laughs> chips or who knows the blood of my enemies on me chips. chips like I don't know what's going on Just chips chips are <laughs> chips don't overcomplicate things um, but then yeah I am, I, am a, I am a simple man who enjoys who enjoys uh, chips with salt and a plain burger and I'll go on my way Uh, <laughs> very stunned by this. I, I I don't I don't really know what to make of that to be honest. Coleslaw and chips. What is that? That is the maybe the worst thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't put coleslaw on top of chips. Me, not yeah, sure. yeah, not on top of chips, but with, I, I, chips. with it, yeah, not, not, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I. I like the idea of kind of like loaded fries with mm. loads of shit on top of them, but I find the actual reality is never quite as good as just a nice plate of chips, if I'm honest. I think I would just prefer some sauces uh, if I had to choose. Like I said, dipping, I'll take, I'll dip, but having chips, like, e- like e- even the, like, I obviously don't like cheese, right? But you have the cheesy chips or whatever. I see people mm. eat them. That's, like, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't go for that anyway, even if I was a, a, a cheese man. Um, Jeez, man. Jeez, man. Um, I did have a nice takeaway today. I just mentioned that, and <laughs> I was in the I was in takeaway, and they had on the front of the door, right? Um, I think it's it's I T I C A, which is their like association, the mm. Irish Traditional Italian chipper association i didn't know the word chipper was used in such an official <laughs> wow. context yeah neither did i yeah yeah chipper there you go uh he also has a pick one uh johnny depp john travolta john cusack have a great week uh, johnny depp john travolta john hmm. cusack i think i've already seen cusack in maybe two films yeah, high fidelity, I, and I've never really thought about it. But, the, but like, I don't think I really like Johnny Depp in much of anything except for like 
the first two of those pirate movies. The last one he's in is dreadful. Um, right. And he's dreadful in it. Although I think that's when things were going a little bit sour to the old private life. So I'll cut him some slack on that one. Um, His finger bitten off or whatever. Yeah, he was going the, he was having a time. Uh, like, like I don't like, I don't like most of his stuff with, um, what's his face, Burton. Um, yeah. I feel like he's just always playing the most annoying character possible. <laughs> um, yeah, he, ru- he ruined yeah. Willy Wonka. Um, doing that Travolta, though. Travolta's bizarre because he, he's kind of like a less charming Nicolas Cage in that he has classics and he has dog shits, but whereas some of Nicolas Cage's weirder small films are good. And well, he, are literally really... is, he literally is in Face Off. Well, yeah, so he's in, that's yeah, so they, but that's 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 that beautiful sweet spot, you know. Uh, yes. But whereas Nick Cage, Nick Cage has a dozen of those that I I don't know if like it depends like are you are, do people like swordfish as a joke? I don't know, <laughs> like probably not. Battlefield, yeah, Battlefield Earth, um, and then Cusack is just a, a very you know, middle of the road man, isn't he? I don't know if I if I hadn't been emailed right now, I wouldn't remember that he even existed. I don't think. I might have to abstain from this. I, I don't like any of these people. Yeah, I, he, um, I, I'll maybe pick Travolta just because he's he's got a weirder one. Cusack was in, um, fuck, what's it called? The Beach Boys movie, Love and... Oh, oh he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love and... What was it? Love and Murder. No, Love and something. I don't remember what it's called. Fuck, I have to Google it now. I'm going to have to Google it. I have to Google it. He's, in, he's in High Fidelity, and High Fidelity is good. Mm, I don't it? remember what else he's in. He's in, he was in the Room 102, whatever it's called. No, he's in a, it's a horror movie about a hotel room. What? Oh yeah. Some some movie. I don't remember Barry. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Don't, don't push. Don't push me. I don't remember. <laughs> I'll go for I'll go for Travolta as well. I mean, he was in. He's got Saturday Night Saturday Night Fever. Greece. Greece. He was in Carrie as well as a. I think he had a small part in that. Mm. Um, and then, of course, Pulp Fiction. Look who's talking. Look who's talking to. Look who's talking now. You know, <laughs> yeah, all the great. Get shorty. Get shorty. Primary cut. Yeah, I go Travolta. He's got a pretty good, pretty good record. Travs. Okay, I've got an email ready. From um, I've got an email from Scott. He says, "Good evening, Joe. The discussion that you guys had last week about all the things that." will kill you with cancer, reminded me of the biggest scare from when I was young. Uh, was it the Cold War, Scott? Was it? Oh, wow! Um, <laughs> uh, saccharin was the biggest diet sweetener in the world, and Tab Soda was the biggest user of it. Tab was by far the most popular diet soda of its day. Then came a study that said saccharin causes cancer in lab rats, and with that one story, Tab was destroyed. I remember it well because I did a report on it and the amount of saccharin that was ingested by the lab rats that got cancer was the same as if a 200-pound man drank 65 cans a day for a year. <sighs> Stupid amount of any liquid. But sure, that's, that's um, just Barry's 2020, wasn't it? <laughs> that's not that many, actually. Sure, there are some I've Americans who Yeah. No, that is a lot. I think that is the problem. It's like if you drink... If you eat two kilos of sweetener, it might give you cancer, but yeah, not a regular amount. Uh, he goes on to say, how has home ownership been treating you? Have you attempted any repairs lately, enjoying taking care of the lawn? Um, no, we haven't done any repairs, <laughs> I think. 
the problem has been like we moved in about three or four months before the lockdown started. So kind of doing anything on the house that's just been like ugh. either you can't get someone to come around and do it or you can't buy the stuff to do it. So we kind of just left it as it is. We still have a washing machine sort of sticking out in the kitchen, as I think I mentioned a few months ago. That's still there. But um, I think we are planning, you know, once things start to to um, open up a bit, we are going to do a bit more renovation, get some new bits and pieces in. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to. It also gives us a pick one, uh, WWE Hall of Fame edition. Ooh. So we've got Sean Michaels, The Rock, and Chris Jericho. Hmm. That's a real tough one. Sean, probably for me, I think. Yeah, Sean, I think so. Depth and variety of places and, you know, yeah. number of classics. He almost had two careers. He's almost two people as well. <laughs> yeah. You know? Pre pre ninety eight and post two thousand two, yeah, yeah, a lot of variety there with two decades worth of opponents. Yeah, yeah, I'd kind of rule out like Jericho's had a great career, but I don't know. A lot of it was not that great, and The Rock was just so short. Yeah, um, so, so I'd probably go Shawn Michaels as well. Like The Rock being missing so much of two thousand one, like The Rock, he got like what a good three and a half years, maybe. Yeah, discounting like ninety six, probably most of ninety seven. You like good ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand Rock. Then between two thousand one and two thousand two, probably a full mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, I go Sean. Cool. And I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't pick The Rock for his movies either. Right. <laughs> Uh, I have a ma- I have two mails actually this week. Uh, first one here is from Scott. Uh, Scott said he has signed up for the Peacock Network only because it's the only way to watch the WWE pay-per-views with friends who come over. I've tried going back and watching old ECW or WCW pay-per-views before the migration and decided that not only do they look terrible on a big TV, which, yeah, that is that is true, uh, but the matches are much better in my memory than they are re-watching them. Yeah, uh, if the WWE ever loses my interest toward the pay-per-views, then they'll lose my money for good. Yeah, I've I've often uh, I've often felt that way about the the network in general. It's just kind of the archive is the greatest thing ever, but I don't know. I don't have the network because I either want to watch the current pay-per-views or I don't, and everything is gravy after that fact. So yeah, I, I would be in the same boat as you, and I have lost interest, so I don't I don't have it. Um, yeah, let us know how your old uh, peacock experience goes. Uh, so, just like from a usability standpoint, I've heard people just very unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically from the wrestling side of it, I, I don't know. I don't think I know anyone who watches it for any other reason. Uh, Scott has a pick one here. I don't think I'll be able to answer this one, uh, but I'll go ahead and try and, and give you the names. It's Godfather Kate Part Beckett. One, Godfather Part Two, and Godfather Part Three. <laughs> oh yeah, bastard. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm. Mila Jovovich, right? Sophie Botella. Okay, I don't know who she's that last from, one. She's is. from the Mummy, the Tom Cruise Mummy. Oh, okay. Atomic Blonde, I think, with Charlize Theron. Oh, I like that movie. Um, I'll pick that. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, these are three bad actresses who are in bad films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who are in, like, because, like, uh, what's-her-face? Beckinsale's in the Underworld movies. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen. Either she is, apparently. I haven't watched them either. Um, Jovovich, obviously, is in about 17 Resident Evil films. Um, yeah, I really, I really don't know. Um, What's Kate Beckinsale been in? Pearl Harbor. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, The Aviator. That was, wasn't bad. I don't oh, think I've is... ever seen any of her films. God, these are all terrible. No. Most of these. And then... And then, then Jovich was in, obviously, Resident Evil films. She was in... Oh, she's in the Fifth Element. She was Fifth the... Element. Yeah, she okay. was Lilu. But I don't really like the Fifth Element, so that's not doing it for me. Oh, she was in Zoolander as well. Like, she, yeah. yeah, she had a small role in that. <laughs> I think based on Zoolander. Zoolander <laughs> alone. Miljovovic. Yeah. Yeah. Then I've, the other the other lady I've already seen her in the Mummy, and that film was shit. Uh, yeah, I'll go for Jovovich based on that as well. But that's that's a poor. That's a, that's a, yeah. It's about. A poor trio to, to choose from. Hmm. Uh, I have another mail here, and I have a game. Actually, I forgot to put this on the rundown, but I have a game oh, we're going dear. to play. Um, okay. uh, let me see. I'll just pull it up here. Uh, this is an email from uh, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie, for your emails. He said, I recently played a higher or lower letterboxed game during a Zoom okay. quiz, and I thought you could try it out with the other lads. Due to their familiarity, I thought Paul can take on Dwayne Johnson and Joe can try Tom Hanks. Oh, so both have 20 chronological films from each filmography to play with and get a point for each correct answer with higher or lower. Play your cards right rules, so that makes you Barry Forsyth. I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to start here. So get yourselves ready, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to do one at a time, so we'll go through all the, the films for for Paul, and then um, uh, and then. But what then constitutes higher or lower? I'll, I'll, the I'll rating. Get that to you. I'll get it. Now then, now then, now then, come on, now, uh, nothing for that. Yeah, nice to see you. Uh, 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 God, rest him. Anyway, uh, so the way, yeah, the way this works is, I'm going to give you a film to start. And you're working, you're trying to figure out here the letterboxed average rating. Okay. Okay. So Paul is going to start. His first yeah. film is, of course, The Scorpion King, which is at a currently, as of this recording, or as of the time Jamie sent this email, I guess, 2.2 out of 5. So that's your starting yeah. rating. For the Scorpion okay. King, and I will also say just before we get going here, thank you very much to Jamie for compiling this because he's got all the movies, he's got all the ratings. So I do greatly appreciate that. Fucking hell, uh, thanks, Jamie. Anything that involves effort on this show, you know, I didn't do it. So, um, <laughs> okay, so uh, 2.2 out of uh, out of five is the Scorpion King's average rating. Paul, right. higher or lower? I can't do a Bruce, Bruce Force, so I don't bother. Uh, for the rundown slash welcome to the jungle. Are you going higher or lower than 2.2? That'll be higher. It is correct. 3.0 is the rating for welcome yeah. to the jungle. Next film. 
the original film adaptation of Doom, the video game, is that higher Doom. or lower than 3.0? No. Lower, but, I, but Doom's watchable, but it's, it's going to be lower than that, yeah. It is indeed. 2.0 is the is the rating there. A full point lower. Yeah. Up next, uh, you definitely talked about this when running through it. I have no recollection of our, this film existing. Southland Tales. Is Ooh, that, is that higher or lower than, than a 2.0? Mm. Well, I know it's very, very divisive, Richard Kelly. I'm going to say it's probably going to be around 2.6, so I'll say higher. Oh, he's, he's getting cocky with, me with the number this and all, and he's correct. <laughs> 2.8 for Southland okay, Tales. Three for three so far. Uh, up next, uh, another more kind of well-known one. Uh, race to Witch Mountain. Is Race to Witch Mountain higher or lower than the 2.8 average? Lower. It is indeed. That's that's four straight for uh for Paul shit. Shit Yeah, two for... Uh, perhaps the most infamous of the not so great period of the Rock's Hollywood career, the Tooth Fairy. Is the Tooth Fairy higher or lower than the two point two for Race Ooh. to Witch Mountain? See, I th- I thought the Tooth Fairy was all right. I think it's a bad rep, but what did the rest of the world think about it? I don't know. I'll go higher than two point two. Was higher than two point two. It's yeah. Paul's first mistake of ah! the day. Race to Witch Mountain 2.2. The Tooth Fairy 1.9. Very harsh. Right, that, that is wow. demonstrably wrong because Race to Witch Mountain is utter garbage and Tooth Fairy is fine. It's, pre- it's pretty tough for. Le- I, I always find that like uh, Letterbox tends to be something of a, the land of the fence riders. If a movie goes below two, that, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. up next, we're getting into the, uh, the mainstream DJ here. Fast Five, higher or lower than Tooth Fairy? Higher. That's an easy one, yeah. Fast Five, yeah, 3.4. Yeah, a, a pretty damn... Uh, the best-reviewed film of, of The Rock's career up until that point. So, yeah. uh, so that brings you up to five. You're doing pretty well here. Uh, next yeah. up, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Higher uh-huh. or lower than 3.4? Lower. You are correct. Rubbish uh, again. Rubbish uh, film. Yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible film. Um, uh, 2.3 <laughs> is the score there for yeah. uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, up next, Pain and Gain with Mark Ooh. Wahlberg. Is that higher or lower than 2.3? See, I liked Pain and Gain, but I know a lot of people hated it. So what, 2.3 was the last Three. one, was it? Yeah, 2.3, yeah. I'll say lower. You are incorrect. It was actually ah, higher. But- Rightfully so, because that film is good. Two point nine, so it's not it's not exactly critically acclaimed. But no, I like uh, I like, you know. like painting it. Uh, so up next, we're back to the Fast franchise. Fast and Furious Six is it higher or lower than two point nine? Higher, because that's one of the better ones. You are correct again. That is three point one. So only okay. only point two higher than Pain Again, and surprisingly, it, it is lower than Fast Five. Um, to my surprise. <sighs> Um, God, I, I completely forgot. I forgot about this, and I forgot this was during his his fast period. Uh, higher or lower than three point one? Hercules. <laughs> lower. That's that's maybe the worst film he's ever been in. Okay, yeah. Uh, surprisingly, it is. So you are correct. It is. It is uh, uh, lower. So that brings up to eight. So you're doing quite well. Uh, two point four for Hercules, which is not a horrific 
you know, letterbox rating. It's horrific, trust me. Uh, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we seem to be alternating here back and forth between the fast movies. So, higher or lower than 2.4, Furious 7. The best of the Furious movies. Surely got to be higher. It is indeed higher. 3.2 for uh, uh, Fury 7. 5 is still the best the best reviewed one so far of this list. I don't, I don't agree, but okay. Uh, so that brings you up to 9. Uh, yes, 9. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, so 3.2. Higher or lower than that for San Andreas? <laughs> lower. <laughs> you are correct. 2.5. That brings you up to an even 10. Right. Um. So ten so far. So you've only got two wrong. So you're doing well. Uh. Up next, higher or lower than two point five for San Andreas? Central Intelligence. Higher. You are correct, and that was a tight one. Two point seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's right. eleven. Uh. Moving on, higher or lower than two point seven? Moana. Higher. The yes. best one. Very, best film The Rock's ever been in. Very easy one there. 3.8. A mammoth rating for, for The Rock there. 3.8 for Moana. Yeah. Tw- 12 strong here for uh, for Paul. Uh, back again to the car room rooms. Uh, Moana, 3.8. Higher or lower? The Fate of the Furious. Not a good film. Uh, lower. You are correct. 2.9. That brings you up to 13. Higher or lower than 2.9 for The Fate of the Furious? Baywatch, the live-action <laughs> That might be in the ones. Lower. Uh, you're not far off. Yeah, you're correct again. That brings you up to 14. 2.2 for Baywatch. Well, anyone who uh, scored that movie over a 2 needs to have their letterbox account revoked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 14 points for Paul so far. We're coming to the home stretch here. Higher or lower than 2.2? Rampage. Ooh, appropriate since we just were talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. Higher or lower than 2.2. God, it would, be, it would be right in that range. I'll take a risk. I'll say lower. You're incorrect. Inexplicably. Ah! Inexplicably 2.5 for Rampage. I, when Rampage came out, everyone was like, this is great. Good for, I thought Rampage was shit. I couldn't believe yeah. it. You know what? <laughs> Um, I think I gave it like a, a three or a four, so it was right there for me. It's going to be somewhere in there. Yeah, I really disliked it. Um, anyway, so yeah, you're staying on 14 here at the moment, so higher or lower than Rampage, which is 2.5, Skyscraper. Higher? Skyscraper is that right? In a just world, you'd be correct, but you're not correct. It's not a just world. Skyscraper, call the cops, because that is, is the crime. I thought Skyscraper was a lovely little film. I thought it was good fun. I thought it was action-packed. Um, but no, Skyscraper 2.4, uh, just one point be- or point one below uh, Skyscraper. So yeah, you're still on 14 here. Uh, two films left to go. Uh, higher or lower than Skyscraper, which is 2.4. Hobbs and Shaw. That would be higher. It is higher, 2.8, which is still not a great rating, but it is higher. Yeah. Um, I, Middling. I hated Hobbs and Shaw. I thought it was so boring. Um, okay, you're, at, you're, you're at an even 15 here. Uh, your last film, higher or lower than Hobbs and Shaw at 2.8, Jumanji, The Next Level. Well, that'll be higher because everyone loves Jumanji. You, you are correct. That is uh, 3.2, which is a very solid rating. Oh, for so you. a 16, 80%. 16, very impressive for you there. Um, 
uh, Paul. So 16 is the score to beat. Joe, are, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the... Um... It's, uh, it's very tough. It's not um, not too much room for error. Enough to be on it. Yeah, it is a very specific thing because, like I said, you know, there tends to be a lot of... Uh, you know, letterboxes are sent to balance out towards the middle. It takes a lot for them to really hate or really love a movie, I find. Jamie was very kind not to have me pick in between you again and Tyler Perry's Why We Got Married to <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he's uh, he's he's made some good choices here to get us to the even twenty each. Anyway, so we move on to sixteen to beat. I'm curious to see how Joe will do here. So, uh, Joe, for your Tom Hanks round, you're starting out solid rating of 3.0 for Splash with Tom Hanks. Okay. So, higher or lower than 3.0, big. Big. Um, I think that's quite a well-loved, well remembered movie. I'm going to go higher. You are correct. Off to a good start here. Uh, big is at 3.6. Okay. Uh, higher or lower than big at 3.6? Forrest Gump. Oh, it's got to be higher. It is indeed. 4.1. Uh, the Hankster here dwarfing the rock already with the uh, uh, the old wow. star ratings. Um, so there you go. So higher or lower than Forrest Gump? 4.1. Apollo 13. Ooh. I think that's going to be pretty close. I oh, higher. Um, I'm going to say higher. You're incorrect, sir. It is oh, lower. Shit. Three point seven. Wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, higher or lower than Apollo thirteen? Three point seven. Saving Private Ryan. Um. I think that's got to be higher. You'd think so, yeah. 4.2 for Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so you, yeah. that brings you up to 3. Uh, higher or lower than 4.2, you've got mail. Oh, I think lower, about 4. Yeah, they actually have it down to 3.4. Very harsh. 3.4? Harsh critics on the old box for the uh, the Meg Ryan. But uh, yeah, 3.4, so you're, 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 you're doing well here. 4 out of 5. Uh, higher or lower than 3.4 for You've Got Mail, The Green Mile? Ooh, I, mm, I feel like that's going to be high. I think that's quite a mainstream, quite popular. And so are the others. I, I go higher. You'd be correct. The Green Mile, 4.1. Um, boxed. Wow. Uh, so, you're on five so far, so you're doing well. Uh, higher or lower than the Green Mile, 4.1, Castaway. Castaway. Uh, I think lower. That's got to be lower. You'd be correct again. Uh, 3.8 yeah. for Castaway. Yeah, yeah. Um, higher or lower than 3.8 for Castaway, Catch Me If You Can. Mm, that's an interesting one. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I don't think I think it was quite popular, but ooh, I'm going to say lower. 
you'd be incorrect. It's <sighs> I'm somewhat surprised by this. It's at 4.0 on, on Letterboxd. That seems... Mm-hmm. I like that movie. That seems quite high uh, for the average. Um, I would have guessed the same thing as you there. Um, so anyway, you're sitting at 6. So uh, higher or lower than Catch Me If You Can, 4.0, The Lady Killers. Oh, got to be lower. That movie was terrible. It was indeed 2.7 for The Lady Killers. Yeah. Um, that brings you up to seven. Uh, up next, higher or lower than two point seven, the terminal. Oh, I I really didn't like it, but I think it was reasonably well liked. So I'll say higher. You'd be correct. Three point five for the terminal. Uh, higher or lower than three point five for the terminal, the Da Vinci Code. Oh, the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> Da Vinci. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it was shit, and I, there might be a, a bit of a religious backlash again. I'll go lower. Uh, you would be correct. Uh, okay. 2.9 for Davinci. Mm. Uh, and that brings you up to a 9, funnily enough. Uh, so, higher or lower than 2.9, Charlie Wilson's War? Uh, I'd say higher. It's quite good. Yeah. You would be correct. Charlie Wilson's War 3.2. Uh, so that brings you up to an even 10. Uh, higher or lower than 3.2 for Charlie Wilson's War Angels and Demons. Oh, it's got to be lower. That was worse than Da Vinci. Interestingly, it is better rated than Da Vinci, but you are correct. It's um, mm. it is. It is lower at 3.0, which seems that seems quite high. Um, Same with Splash. Come on. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. Uh, So that brings you to 11. Uh, Higher or lower than 3.0, Cloud Atlas. Oh, I I feel like people hated Cloud Atlas because it was just so confusing. So I'll go lower. It is. Higher, three point four. I'm surprised to say. What? Yeah, um, three point four for Cloud Atlas. So you're sticking at eleven for the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Higher or lower than three point four for Cloud Atlas? Captain Phillips. Oh, I, I would have thought higher, but it's throwing me off a bit. But I'll go. I'll go higher. You'd be correct. Twelve is your total score so far. Three point seven. For Captain Phillips, which is a, a good score. Uh, higher or lower than 3.7 for Captain Phillips? Sully. Mm. I'll go higher. I think it'd be very close. I'll go higher. 3.7. It's lower, actually, uh, for what? Sully. 3.4 for Sully. So you're staying at 12 for the moment. Uh, up next, higher or lower than 3.4, Inferno. So, I mean, if Angels and Demons was a 3, surely Inferno can't be higher than that. So a lo- lower. You would be correct. Uh, that brings up to 13. Uh, Inferno is 2.6. Uh, so let me see here. Higher or lower? Then 2.6, The Circle. Oh, that was re- that might be his worst film. So I'll go lower. 
You'd be correct. That brings you up to fourteen. That's two point one. Yeah, that is that is quite. That's I think that is the the, the lowest one we've had so far. The uh, circle two point one higher or lower than two point one. The post. The post. Oh, the Washington Post. Uh, well, that's got to be higher. It is indeed three point four uh, for the post. And finally, your last one here. This is to tie it up. So this would give you 16. Um, news of the world. Higher or lower than 3.4? Oh, the postal news of the world. So that's a good movie, but I'm going to go... Oh, shit. I'm going to go lower. It is lower by point one. Ah. <laughs> oh, that was a close one. So that that does bring us to sixteen apiece. Let me uh, let me just double check here. I'm gonna check my homework, make sure because I was keeping track on my hands. So let me check here. Uh, that was nine. You got that one. Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, absolutely. So you know what? I'm gonna uh, let me see here. I'm going to pull up. I'm gonna. This is. I'm gonna pull up a tiebreaker here, right? Okay. Okay. Um, there we go. There we go. Of my, my own invention. Uh, thank you very much, Jamie, for that. That was that was great fun. Uh, and as I mentioned, you did. Um, he put in all the work for that. Uh, let me see here. I have an idea. For okay. So I'm going to give you a film in the style that Jamie has just done there, a starting point, okay? okay. Mm -hmm. You're then both going to privately message me your guess, okay? Actually, no, that doesn't right because you, you could both pick the same answer. Forget that. I'm going to give, <laughs> I'm going to give you... Why don't we just, you pick a film and we try and guess what the score is and whoever's closest. That's what sense. it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. So so this initial first film, I was going to I was going to give you a, a film and then go higher and lower, but you can both get... Okay, so keeping in, in line with The Rock, we're going to go with the, 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 the beautiful and power, powerful filmography of one Stone Cold Stephen Austin. <laughs> okay, so Paul and Joe, in your own time, DM me or, or, you know, not in the group chat, obviously, uh, your guess for the average letterbox score of The Condemned. Oh, God. Ooh, Which, uh, disparaging some cameos, was like the first major role Steve Austin had. Um, okay. I sent it to you, Barry, Twitter. Uh, was that a WWE? Yeah. That was a WWE film, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um... All right, I have Paul's guess. There we go. Okay. okay. So, Paul's guess for the average score on Letterboxd for The Condemned 2007, uh, directed by Scott Wiper, <laughs> whoever that is, Paul's guess <laughs> was two... Point one. Yep. Joe's guess was two point seven. Ooh. That seems oh. high. Mm -hmm. It does, 
But but you may be shocked to learn that the actual score is two point five. I am shocked. I'm shocked there. I am shocked at that as well. I'm shocked at that 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 I. Uh, so we're not we're not doing we're not going to disqualify people for going over. So I will I will give that to Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe's he's within, he's within point two. Uh, so Joe is your winner. What a comeback! Um, wow. uh, so well done, Joe, and thank you very much, Jamie, for that tremendous quiz. Uh, greatly very appreciated. Good. And thank you much, uh, Scott, for your emails as well. And that was the uh, yeah. that was our emails for the week. That was a good. That was a, a fun time. Um, do I believe? That's not even the last feature we have, Paul. No. Uh, rest in peace to quit that infernal bracket. It's never coming back. Uh, but we have a new feature to take its place, which is called Bop It, Pull It, Twist It Bracket. Okay. And you'll be surprised here. It's it's another bracket. We're doing brackets again, but it's got a different name. It's Malibu Stacy with the new hat. So I have, I talked about doing this before, uh, but I finally figured out a way to do it. I've curated 64 entries. Oh my God. And we are going to, over the course of maybe the month of April, we're going to establish Chairshot Podcast's favorite film. So I've gone through our... Wow. Uh, we've gone through our v- 64 yeah. <laughs> of all the films. I've gone through our various letterboxes. I've tried as much oh. as possible to pick films. I've tried nice. to pick films we've all seen. Uh, possibly there'll be a handful in there. <laughs> Spoilers, The Godfather's going to be in there, Barry. Um, one or two films. Uh, I tried to pick films that we've all seen, but also films that are are familiar enough that most people will see them. So as we, we're a podcast after all, we need to spark some discussion. Um, so you're not going to have Le Cat Song Coup in there. You're not going to have uh, Le, 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 Le Vie Belle and stuff like that. It, it's it, it, it's going to be your more mainstream, uh, high-scoring films. I think I think to qualify, although there's probably one or two exceptions to this rule, because I, I, I've just had to fill out the 64. But I think to qualify, the film had to at least have been seen by two of us and to have scored at least an eight by two of us oh, on okay. Letterboxd. So, okay. It's going to be mostly high scoring. So, um, as usual, the parameters are, there are no parameters. It can be based on anything, personal preference, nostalgia, sentimentality, um, using your vote to screw one of your co-hosts. It can be literally anything. Which did Uh, happen a couple of times in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, We're going to do the first half of round one this week, and we'll finish off the second half of round one next week. And we'll take it from there. Okay, I'll tell you what. There are some meaty matchups coming up. Okay, so we'll start off with the number one on the IMDb top two hundred fifty, the Shawshank Redemption, going one on one in the red corner with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that is meaty. The original. Um, um, so where to begin? Barry, do you, since you're Mr. Texas, do you want to take it? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the show because I think I, I watch it every Halloween. It's just, it, is, it is the staple of my, of my Halloween rewatches. Like I try and watch something new every year, but I have like four or five classics I try and squeeze in. That is the one I never miss. I always get it in there. 
So I, I've talked about it a lot. I know you only watched it for the first time a couple of years ago. You talked about it on yes. here. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, mean, I don't think I need to do too much of a sales pitch. It's one of the most influential films ever, particularly within its genre. Incredibly successful. The definition of often imitated and never replicated, because it's it's even been replicated within its own franchise a million times and to various dismal effects. Uh, yeah, it's tremendous. I mean, it's it's it is it may be my favorite film ever. I I, I have never really sat down and thought about it, but um, but yeah, it's 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 a classic. Joe, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've only seen once. Saw it a few years ago. I did think it was a really kind of good, interesting film. I wasn't kind of blown away by it. Um, I didn't think it was that scary. Maybe just because, you know, old horror films aren't <laughs> never that scary no. as you expect. Yeah. Um, but it, well, it was a really cool film. I did like it. But for me, Shawshank would be a clear winner because I just love that movie. I think it's brilliant story, brilliantly told, great kind of um, supporting cast um twists and turns and, and and themes and things and life and death and all sorts of things so yeah Shawshank would be my clear clear winner Oof. see i i find myself on the fence because for me there's not a clear winner i don't mm. have a particularly strong emotional bond with either film i i really like both of them and that's a, that's a quandary you're going to find yourselves in probably mm. 64 times as we do this first round um so for me, it kind of put, comes to a, a if if I were to watch one of them now, which one would I kind of be more likely to dip my toe back into? Shawshank, I really I really like Tim Robbins. I wish Tim Robbins was in more stuff. Uh, mm. I like um, Fre- Morgan Freeman in it. Texas Chainsaw. I remember the first time I watched it that a lot of it worked for me, especially in the beginning where the guy just hops in the car with them and is being all freaky. That spooked me out because he was all weird. Um, I think it wanders a little bit in the latter half, but um, oh, it's so close. It's 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 almost a coin flip. I would say, just based on how I don't know, I, I'm I'm going back and forth literally as I'm saying it. I was I would almost say for how iconic Texas Chainsaw is and the certain images that are burned into my mind from it that I would kind of go with that. But then Texas Chainsaw also has the worst legacy by spawning all these awful yeah, yeah. sequels. But also, like, go- if you're going on, on icon- iconicness, uh, Shawshank yeah. also has a bunch of that. Like, it's... it's I know. It's- Him coming out of the hole in the rain. I mean, I, I will, I will say for the record that, like, even though I would, I would vote for check, I, I can't pretend I have a problem with Shawshank Redemption. It's uh, yeah. an incredible film, you know. Well, I will go, I will go Texas Chainsaw, but just by the merest of cha- a chainsaw cut hair. Okay. Uh, for me, it's as close as that. Okay, so Texas Chainsaw goes through to round two. Then we have Battle of the. Animated features. Uh, I think they came out quite close together, if not the same year. Uh, Into the Spider Verse. Barry's already thinking whatever is coming next is going to have a hard time winning this. (laughs) Into the Spider Verse versus Coco. (laughs) I haven't seen Coco. I feel like I'm. I'm. I know. I always say I'm going to watch Godfather and shit, but in preparation for this, I'm going to have to make an effort to watch Coco and Godfather. 
Um, watch Coco first. Yeah. That's better than the Godfather. I'll, I'll, I'll abstain <laughs> from this while you two duke it out. I mean, there's 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 only going to be one for me. Um, I think I gave both of these films the full 10 on Letterboxd. Mm. But then there's there's 10 out of 10, and there's 10 out of 10, and I cried, which is almost like a rating above your typical 10 out of 10. <laughs> and, uh, and and Coco, as, as, as great as Into the Spider-Verse is, I love the art style. I love the character stuff in it. Um, probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. Probably one of my favorite superhero movies. Um, not Probably not my favorite, which is coming up later, but is certainly there. But Coco got to me on a, a deeper level, on a, a deep emotional level. That God, I think I've seen it three times, and every time I just I love mm. it more and more. For me, it's got to be Coco. Yeah, I... Um... I do love Into the Spider-Verse. I haven't actually rewatched it since we saw it at the cinema. I always mean to, but I just haven't, haven't kind of got around to it. But I love that, ex- you know, seeing it in the cinema was a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, but Coco for me is like the best Pixar movie, maybe outside of Toy Story. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely the best Pixar movie. And yeah, it's great, great story. It's really, really does toy with your emotions. It looks fantastic. I mean, the fucking oh my god the colors the the design of it is absolutely phenomenal i think better than anything you've ever seen in from pixar i think it's really special um i would go coco pretty by quite a clear margin where well, they think i mean these are all great movies. these are all five star movies yeah, okay. these, are, these, yeah. These, are, these are all great yeah okay coco it is Oh, I hate, hate, hate to see Spider-Verse go that early, but... I know, Spider-Verse and Shawshank are already gone. Yeah, that's, that's I can't... kind of <laughs> kind of bracket this is going to be. I can't, I can't throw a, a tantrum against the film I haven't seen. That's, that's not yeah. fair. Okay. Uh, next up, we have The Born Identity. Mm. The, the, fil- the film that revolutionized um, action in the early 2000s, for better or worse. Uh, and Howl's Moving Castle. Studio Ooh. Ghibli animation. Oh. Like, Born is more my kind of movie. Yeah. Oh. It's weird because they are so completely different, but I would also put them at about the same level of quality in a weird way. Um, yeah, oh yeah Howl's is really great. Really great. Like I feel like of the I have only seen a limited number of them, but of the GB yeah. films I've seen, I feel like it's probably it's pro- it is probably better than Totoro, but like Totoro is probably the more iconic one. But again, if we're talking oh, yeah. quality, it's probably it is probably I have, better. I have a little thing that Natty bought for me. Listeners won't be able to see this, but I have a little Howl and Sophie uh, mm-hmm. little figurine oh, thing. Oh, cool! Here. I love it. Um, got the little fireman in the background. Look at him there, peeping in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the thing that I would say about Born, because I did revisit Born Identity in the last couple of years, is because it's it was so inspirational to action and it kind of redefined how action mm. was shot. Revisiting it, it almost doesn't hold up in that we've become like numb to that mm. genre or that style of action. So I don't think it holds up as well. Um, because of that, even though you're constantly reminding yourself as you're watching it, yes, but this is where that came from. <laughs> this is the first one that did that, kind of. 
I will nevertheless have to go Moo Howls, Moon Castle. Um, it, it, it to me is like top tier Ghibli. It's right up there with with your spirited ways of the world. Whereas Born mm-hmm. Identity is is more just a really great action movie. Uh, I think there's better action movies on the list, so I'll go Howl. Mm. Well, I've not seen yeah, Howl. Yeah. Um, and Born, you know, I love the Born trilogy. I did watch a couple the other day, and they didn't hold up as well, actually, for me, like as, yeah. as I remember. But they're still really, really good. But yeah, I would go for Born as uh, my clear favorite. Barry, deciding vote. Uh, oh, see, I had it easy last time. I could sit out because I hadn't seen one of the films. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would have to go Born. Born it, 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 it is. It, it really does come down to the fact that it's just more my kind of genre, and so you know, um, yeah, and that that's that's the the hair of a differentiator we're we're picking on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Born qualifies. Here's our first main event of the evening. So we've got we've had uh, Texas Chainsaw, we've had Barry's favorite. Now it's time for Paul's favorite. We got Twelve Angry Men. 1957, Sidney Lumet. Going up one-on-one. Are you sitting down for this one? John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> oh! Oh, God. That's a tough one. <laughs> so I will let you guys discuss it, because I, I obviously have a bias. I'm not even sure which way I'm going to vote on this one, though. But I let you guys hash it out first. Yeah, I, I, we, I don't know. I assume Joe had seen it before, but I first watched Twelve Angry Men at Paul's behest many moons ago as part of a film club. Um, yeah, long, long resting in peace film club, um, and was blown away by it. And I'd heard him talk about it for mm-hmm. years, and, and and thought it was incredible, uh, and like it holds up really well despite being obviously so. You know, a film of its era, but really, really, really tremendous. And I only just watched the thing for the first time a couple of months ago. Oh God, it is! It is an incredible. Um, oh, I don't know. The thing is, Carpenter's best film, easily. Oh yeah! Um, oh yeah! Especially because I, I, I don't know. I think we've all kind of talked about it. I, I just, I don't think Halloween holds up especially well. No, um, Escape from New York is good, but I don't think it's on the same level. Um, yeah, I like, uh, uh, yeah, um, Big Trouble in the they're, they're, he, he makes lots of good films, but they just, the thing is like the masterpiece, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I, again, it, you know, if, if we're just getting down to the fact that it's just more of a, a genre film that I like, I, I, I feel like I'd probably be thinking Sing on this. And they, oh, they're such. It's there's there's like a craftsmanship to both of them that's like incredible because obviously Twelve Angry Men has that play like framing through all of it. It's just mm-hmm. tremendous. It is like being at a play, and then obviously the thing is just this incredibly innovative, practical effects supernova. It's funny because they both have they have that similarity that they're both people trapped in an enclosed mm-hmm. space and you're finding out who people really are behind the veneer you know mm. they, they, they're similar in that way it's almost a remake <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon joe uh 
I I mean I've I really love Twelve Angry Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw the thing, I did I did love that as well. But on balance, I prefer Twelve Angry Men. Oh. I think. I mean, I love a good sort of sci-fi horror movie. I love a good yeah. courtroom drama. I just think Twelve Angry Men is the better movie. So for me, I just think on that, on that, I'd go Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Great performances. Great performances. Uh, well, it's a film that is almost it's entirely awesome. carried by its. There's literally nothing other than performances. Incredibly incredible yeah. performances. Yeah, I mean, I lo- I love the thing. It was a film that I put off watching for so long because I was like, well, it'd be gory. I won't enjoy it. That's just like blown away because it's not it's not even really about the body horror, even though the body horror and gore is really impressive. But the this the feeling of paranoia and the feeling of unease that it creates is just so strong. It's so well done. That being said, I'm I'm a twelve angry men man, and I'm gonna have to go twelve angry men as well. Yeah, I, very I, sad very sad to see the thing go, but that'll probably be one of the better movies that we eliminate at this stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we have uh, Oscar winner Moonlight, mm. uh, 2016, I believe, uh, versus Hot Fuzz, Edgar Wright. Oh, God. Have we all seen both movies? Yeah. 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 It's tough. Oh. I'll go first this time. I I yeah. I, lo- I love both. I've seen Hot Fuzz multiple multiple times. I've only seen yeah. it the once for for when it was nominated. Um, but I have a feeling last time I watched Hot Fuzz, I still I still really really like it. But there were certain bits of it that dragged a little where they didn't drag before, or when 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 the ultimate revelation is made towards the end of the movie. That's really like wow. That's what's happening. Oh, I've been hoodwinked, and it, like I love that. Mm. But then where it goes after that, I'm not super fond of. Where it devolves into a bit of a an actiony movie rather mm. than a mystery movie, which is it was. Like, I love the mystery aspect of it. Um, whereas Moonlight, I thought was just so so good. The game gave the world Mahershala Ali. I think that was the first thing I ever saw him in. Um, yeah, I think I'd mainly seen him in like TV before that. Yeah. And it's so, oh, it's so, like, so affecting when, like, they cut to the next yeah. act of the film and he's just gone. And, you know, it's... Mm. I, I like particularly the last third of it where they're kind of reuniting and talking about their shared experience. Yeah. I really, really love it. Oh, yeah, my gut's telling me I kind of have to go Moonlight. I think it's so incredible. But yeah, like yourself, like Hot Fuzz is one of those ones I've I probably not back to front of the stage. I've seen it so many times. Yeah, all, all, all those 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 right films. I mean, they are just incredible movies to stick on and and, and just watch. I think it is my favorite of his movies. I think yeah. so. I that's that me me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I have to go Moonlight. I think it's. I think I have to. Mm. I'll go Moonlight as well. Joe, I won't vote then. Oh, were you going to go Huffles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go Huffles. I watched it on Saturday actually. For like oh, the 30th, there you go. Like the thirtieth time. Yeah, still really. It's really got great before it. Olivia Coleman. You forget is in it. She's so yeah. funny in it. Well, at the beginning, Steve Coogan and Bill Nighy yeah. uh, pop up. That's really good. Yeah, great like, big, great big bushy beard. 
All Great the, big bushy beard. All the classics. Yeah. Speaking of classics, Reservoir Dogs, mm. Tarantino, and Blade Runner. Mm. Well, I, I find Blade Runner incredibly cool. Yeah, I, I wish I could. <laughs> I, I watched Blade Runner and I was like, I wish I could love this. I just don't. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd have to go Reservoir Dogs. I would go Blade Runner, but I, I appreciate that it's a, a divisive movie. Like a lot of people point out the bit where he's like, uh, he looks at the picture and he's like, "What does he say?" Enhances it. Enhance. I love that scene, but I know a lot of people are like, "This is the most boring, awful nonsense." Fair enough. Um, mo- oh, here's a here's another main event one here for you. Spotlight. Reservoir Dogs goes through from last one. Yeah. Spotlight. Twenty fifteen, Academy Award winner. Mm-hmm. Versus the film that should have won in 2014, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, it's Mad Max easily. Oh, wow. (laughs) Push straight in. Easily, Um, says Barry. um, This is tricky. I do. Spotlight was one of those films. I think at first I was a bit down on it. I thought it was more like a TV movie, but it did did grow on me a lot. Um, Especially Mark Ruffalo's. Um, funny voice in it. Oh, <laughs> gee, hey, um, but Mad Max Fury Road is just fucking great. <laughs> it's just, it's just fucking brilliant. Um, it's a great action movie. The weird cast, the kind of everything about it is fantastic. So it's got to be Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, for me, I will go the same. Um. It's one of it's maybe the all time best action movies, isn't it? I love everything about yeah. it. I love how it looks. Yeah. I love the the relentless feel of it. I love almost everything. So I'll I'll go Mad Max as well easily. Though I I thought Spotlight was excellent as well. I really liked it. Mm. Uh, continuing on, Goodwill Hunting with with maybe my favorite Robin Williams performance. Uh, and mm. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Hmm. I've never seen Goodwill Hunting, so this is one where I'm having to having to not talk about Goodwill Hunting. I yeah, I I do really love Goodwill Hunting. Psycho again, it's one of those sort of old films where you're like, it's a bit, it's not very scary, and it's a bit campy. Right. Like, oh, I can see why it's good, but I'm not sure it's really <laughs> connecting with me. Okay, so it feels a bit distant. So I, I go Goodwill Hunting on the strength of like Robin Williams' performance and Ben Affleck going, "Yeah, Boston, yeah, <laughs> like apples, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, yeah." Yeah, I think it's amplified as well by how young they were when they wrote it. Yeah, Affleck yeah, it does. As a kind of going up, going up for their Oscar in their dad's suits, like <laughs> yeah, a, um, yeah, I love it. I love Robin Williams in it. I love the scene towards the end where he's like, "It's not your fault," and they're mm. Matt Damon's breaking down from him. I think Robin Williams is really, really good in it. Aside from being really funny, which Robin Williams always is, he just has a genuine, almost Mick Foley quality to him. <laughs> in mm. it, just like a gen, a genuine niceness to him. 
that being said, I think Psycho is one of the one of the best films I've ever seen. Uh, I think it's certainly the best Hitchcock movie I've ever seen. Um, and I kind of felt the same way about Psycho as you did, or excuse me, I, I felt the same way about Vertigo, Joe, mm. as you did about Psycho. That I just found it a bit like, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Yeah. It was good. But, uh, Psycho, on the other hand, I, I really thought it had it, it worked for me, the tone and the, the feel. I didn't find it too campy. Mm. Uh, so we're split, Barry, and despite not seeing one of the movies, you're going to have to pick. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, I don't even really like Psycho that much, so I, I don't know. Um, but I, 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 I'm not going to be a contrarian and pick the film I haven't seen, so I'll have to go for Psycho, you know. Okay, well, whichever film wins is going up against Fury Road in the next round, so All right, be, so it uh, won't be too much of it. <laughs> well, we didn't say that. You never know. I'm saying it. Okay. Uh, then we have two modern masterpieces of the 2010s. Uh, you have Inception, mm. which I think I voted the movie of the decade, uh, and Get Out. Oh. Jordan Peele's <sighs> our masterpiece. Um, I, I never really liked Inception that much, if I'm honest. Oh. Kind of bit of a bit of the. <laughs> we have a tenor feel to it, but not as shit as tenor, but okay. Um, yeah, it's just quite like a lot of lot of big visuals and noises. Um, but I, I, yeah, I didn't really connect with me. Um, whereas, uh, wait, what's the other one? Get out, get out, get out, get out. Yeah, that was, yeah, really, I really thought it was a really fun, kind of clever movie. Um, not actually that scary, but. Really, kind of well, well written. Daniel Kaluuya's great. His his, his like mate that plays the TSA guys. He's fantastic. Uh, Bradley Whitford. It's perfect. It's a kind of race, secretly racist white liberal. <laughs> He's really really good, and the whole family actually are really good at that. Get out for me by a long way in terms of okay. my emotional connection with it. Yeah, I I I have to go Inception. Oh. I think. Get out. I think get get out has. Well, I love I love Inception. I love the idea of it. I love how mm. how how smart it is without really being very smart. But I just go along with it. <laughs> oh, they're in dreams. It's great. Um, get out. I I loved obviously, and I love particularly the sunken place scene, mm. which elevates it for me. But I I think it it falls apart a little bit towards the the very very end. I don't think it has the most satisfying ending, um, which I know is a cliche complaint for me. But um, mm. it's it's a nitpick because I think I, I think I gave it a ten. But Inception to me was just one of those films. I came out of the cinema. I was like, wow, blew me away. Yeah, oh, God. See, I wish I wish I'd rewatched Get Out more. I feel like I would have loved it more on rewatch. Obviously, I did love it. It is fantastic. Um, but I did just recently see Inception in the cinema for the first time. I watched it. The first time I saw it was at home. And then for tennis, middle of the pandemic, obviously they put Inception back out, and I was so fucking glad I went and saw it in the cinema because I was like, that was incredible to see in the cinema. Ah, it pains me to not get out of it, but I, I have to go Inception. I think. Um, there you go. I also love how angry people get at the end of Inception when it cuts to black with the things still spinning around. Oh, <laughs> let, me, let me eat up your anger. Oh, yeah, it fuels me. <laughs> As if the director hadn't directly intended you to think about it. Why isn't he force-feeding me what happened? 
Um, okay, Inception goes through. Oh, we have another biggie here. We have another biggie. We have Shaun of the Dead, much beloved Zom rom com, versus the only good film in its series, The Raid. <laughs> Wait, what was the first one? <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Um. <sighs> Uh, I, I can go first because I haven't seen The Raid oh. and I don't really like that, that kind of movie anyway. So. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and I love Shaun of the Dead so, so that's a, t- a 10 8 round for me or 10 7 round for me. <laughs> a one-sided battering. Yeah. See it's it's tough because like Hot Fuzz I've seen Shaun of the Dead a lot but I have also watched The Raid a million times at this stage as well. So yeah. I'm very familiar with both of them. Oh my goodness. What's it going to be? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. I would have gone to Raid for the reference. Yeah, I I don't know why, but I was just kind of like, all right, I got born, I got Mad Max. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh. The raid is—it's a pillar right there with those two, but you know, I—I yeah. I can't, I can't not have Righty in here with, 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 with something. Yeah. Now, Shaun of the Dead is probably one of the best, the best comedies I've seen. It's—it's it's one of the best comedies I've seen versus one of the best action films I've seen. So just it just mm. comes down to like which wowed me more. And I know comedies don't typically wow you in that way, but like heart in your mouth stuff, like the, in the raid where they're behind the. The little uh, extra bit in the room. Mm. Oh, fucking hell! Mm-hmm. Um, although soured a little bit by the dreadful sequel it spawned, but uh, no, no, no Shaun of no. the Dead goes through anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, what it is. No. Okay, next up. Don't worry about it. I'm right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> segue. Uh, District Nine. Remember District Nine? Yeah, it's great. Remember District Nine. Yeah. Uh, District 9 uh, up against mm. the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> well, it's not that great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not sure I really like either of these movies. <laughs> like, I don't know what score I gave these two, but... Uh, Blair Witch, I think, is great. I, I, I'd have to go Blair Witch. I love District 9. District 9 is a film, I, it's funny you said remember it. I, I actually have not gone back and watched it in eight. I don't think since I first saw it's it. It's so of its time. It's like been completely forgotten about. Yeah, it, it really has. Um, it's great. It's so great. What I would give for something like District 9 to be a regular occurrence, and in terms of just a movie like it, it's just kind of... It's weird, but it's not a weird little indie thing. It like, had a budget, it, you know. It yeah. was, it had CGI aliens, but they did more than shoot lasers at each other for two hours. Um, it's great. I, I can't, I can't put it against Blair Witch. I mean, Blair Witch is, like I mentioned earlier, my my Halloween notation. It's it's number one with a bullet. I watch it every time. Yeah, I love it. I I I, I first saw that film years after it came out. I. I, I was a part of the buzz, the pop culture excitement when it came out, but I didn't see the film at that time, so I came to it years later not expecting to get anything out of it because, of, of course, I think the popular conversation had moved on past it, and I think people sort of resented it, and now right. these days it's kind of looped back around to people appreciating it 
And I remember just watching it at the time and thinking, for, for a movie that's trying to trick people and thinking it's real, and now I'm watching it years later knowing it's not, I still think it's incredibly affecting and and, and, and I, I, I love it every time I watch it. And just the, the disintegration of that group, I just think so great, so compelling. Um, yeah, I, I have to have I have to have Blair Witch. Those last three minutes or whatever it is still give me the goos. Yeah. Mm. Blair Witch it is. We've only got uh, four more matchups for this week. Uh, I just want to point out, these films, although I chose the 64, the matchups were chosen completely at random. There were no seedings. Okay. And for people who are waiting for it, I'm going to bring you the bad news that Jingle All The Way is not among the 64. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Uh, next up, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm. the first Indiana Jones film. Not my favorite one. Temple of Doom is not among the 64 either. I'll just mention that. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Pulp Fiction. Mm. I'll go for me. Um, I'll go Pulp Fiction. I, As I said, Raiders of the Last, Lost Ark, I think is great. It's not my favorite Indiana Jones film, though. I like the campiness and the 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 silliness of Temple of Doom more, even though I can appreciate that Raiders of the Lost Ark is like a better film. Um, so I'll go Pulp I think Pulp Fiction is great, even though it's almost a cliche to be like, oh, I love Pulp Fiction. It is great. It is great. If only they got the My Sharona music for the scene where Bruce Willis chops your man up. But alas, it wasn't to be. Otherwise, it would be perfect. <laughs> um, I I love uh, pop, pop fiction is great, obviously, um, but I I've always found it a bit overrated. Um, like, and I think like 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 most people who don't like, don't like it is a strong phrase, but like it is so ubiquitous, and it is it is perhaps the most ubiquitous Tarantino film. Uh, endlessly quoted, endlessly replicated, endlessly parodied, satired, referenced over and over and over again. Um, which is not the film's fault, but when you don't really love it, that stuff gets you know, do you know what I mean? It just kind of compounds that. It's great, it is really good, but I, I, it, it, it doesn't really stand for me. Mm. So you go on Raiders, Barry? Aren't you? I'll, I'll go. I'll go Raiders, I'm, and I'm not a big Indiana Jones guy either. But I, I, they are great fun, and I like Raiders a lot. So yeah, Joe, I do like the Indiana Jones. I, I think I prefer the final one, Sean Connery. That's the last one. Crusade. The last Crusade. Yeah, that is the best one. It's got bloody Connery in it. Go in, Junior. That was the dog's name, Junior. Um, but Pulp Fiction is is great, despite everything Barry just said. <laughs> Pulp Fiction is great. I remember the first time I saw it, I thought it was phenomenal. And when it ended, I was just like, oh my God, I wish this movie would just carry on for like another two hours. You know, it was great. Uh, I'll go Pulp Fiction. All right, Pulp Fiction ideas. We have up next, well, so Pulp Fiction goes through two to one. Not boo Pulp Fiction. Up next, we have Fight Club Ooh. and Toy Story 3. Oh, what a weird category. Toy Story wins because only edgy boys like. She, she's uh, she's cancelled. Nice yeah. cancelled, I'm afraid. Sorry. Natty's vote is not counted. 
She's been cancelled. No worries. What do you um, reckon, Joe? So I, ooh, I haven't seen Fight Club in ages, actually, but I did. I did really like it, sort of as a as a teenager. Yes. And I think it has developed this reputation now of being sort of a, I don't know, <laughs> like an incel movie or something, well, or that's like you just said, an, an edgy, an edgy teenage boy. It's right? like ooh, edgy, edgy white men like it, and it's like. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of that, but I still think it's like a really good movie and kind of really interesting. I think it's probably just, it's like Rick and Morty where it's just developed a following that's kind of detracted yeah. the movie. Um, having said that, Toy Story 3 is brilliant. So I would say Toy Story 3 for me kind of edges it. Um, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a close one. I would need to watch Fight Club again though, but for Right now, I would say Toy Story 3. Hmm. Well, when I reassessed my Pixar list whenever I did it last year, I did put Toy Story 3 top of the pile, where mm. previously I had the first Toy Story. Uh, yeah, I, re- I revisited them just before Toy Story 4 came out. Uh, and yeah, I think Toy Story 3 is the better. I think Toy Story 3 mm. is the best of the, the series. Oh, how do I hold it though compared to Fight Club? I was really impressed by Fight Club when I saw it, but I've also only seen it the once. Mm. And it has, you know, obviously has certain twists in it and things that happen that you might not know are coming that maybe on a rewatch, you know, can go one of two ways. Either you catch catch the hints that are pointing you in that direction, you can appreciate it more Mm. for that, or... You know, sometimes in movies, once you know what's coming, it kind of loses some of the charm. I think on the on the balance things, I would probably just about go Toy Story as well. Toy Story mm. three, that is. Toy Story three, yeah. But it is for sure a close one. Um, Rightio. Up next, we have uh, another <laughs> another film Barry hasn't seen, so. Uh, we'll go on anyway, is The Godfather, part, part one, the first one, and the best one. Mm-hmm. The Godfather versus Spring Breakers, which I don't know that you've seen, Joe. I have seen that. Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. Well, <laughs> The Godfather versus Spring Breakers. <laughs> well. This is a hell, this is like, I don't know, Joey this- Janela versus Bret Hart. <laughs> Oh, it's like Luthez Luthez versus Joey Janela that's what this is <laughs> true but it's also Joey Janela's best ever match yeah yeah. but I get your it is Joey Janela yeah <laughs> Spring Breakers where did that come out that feels like what Spring Breakers yeah 2012 like, 2012 12. god yeah I, I absolutely adore Spring Breakers. Really? I could, yeah, I could not have it on the list. But up against The Godfather. Oh, Barry, what do you breakers. reckon? Spring Breakers. Easy, Spring yeah. Breakers. You go. <laughs> uh, uh, what went through in the last round? Uh, Toy Story 3. Fair enough, fair enough. That was going to be my pick. I had to quickly leave. And... Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I have to abstain, but Spring Breakers, that's a hell of a film. It is, but it's up against the god. Literally, the godfather. 
Well, I'm going for the Godfather. Well, yeah, I mean, come on. Really? Gotta be the Godfather. Gotta be the Godfather. Uh, right. Then we have what are, in my mind, the all-time two top superhero films. They're going to battle it out. We're going to decide which is actually the best one. Mm-hmm. Logan versus The Dark Knight. Oh, come on now. Um, I'll go first. How about that? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Logan because I, I think it's the better of the two. And I remember that being my immediate thought when I came out of cinema after watching it. Dark Knight is great. Don't get me wrong. It's in my mind is definitely carried a bit by the ledger performance, which you know is part of the film. You have to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I think Logan works. I really like the kind of aged superhero story that Logan tells mm-hmm. and the relationship he has with the little girl. And I just think it's just great from start to finish. I just was absolutely blown blown away by it. Whereas Dark Knight is great, don't get me wrong. I think I think Nolan's Batman movies suffer a little bit from a, a bit of a lack of personality. I think Gotham in particular is so sterile. I just wish it had a bit of the, not not quite the Schumacher influence, but you know, the Burton films and the Schumacher films for all their problems had a real gothic style that I connect to and I enjoyed. And then when you got the Nolan films, they were just a bit bland looking. Um, So I'm going to go Logan. Mm. It's really hard. One. I do I do like Logan. I, I actually I really liked Logan up until the point that it got a bit too superhero-y. <laughs> I liked it when it was just um Professor X being really old and having to Right. <laughs> and then it turned into a superhero movie. It was like, no! Oh that's Wolverine in a superhero movie? No. No. Um but then same similar with Dark Knight, it had problems like the whole thing with the two ships or the two boats that are gonna blow up or whatever. It's like, oh god, do we really need this? Just get to the Joker, dude. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. give, a, give a detour. Let's just get back to the Joker. Um, but I think on balance, I would go for Dark Knight. But um, I do need to watch Logan again. I might like it more. Oh, I just rewatched it. It's it, it is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the Dark Knight. It's funny because I was just it was just the thing. Like people were at, were like talking about like what's the Mount Rushmore of like comic book films, and I put The Dark Knight on it, and I didn't put Logan on it. But it, the, the truth of the matter is, I just forgot. Because <laughs> now, now, that, now that I'm thinking about it, I also had the mask on there. I'd swap the mask out for Logan. Let's be fair. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, like certain bits of The Dark Knight, like. In some ways, I just wish, even though like you couldn't do the films without him, I wish you could like divorce some of the Nolanness out of them a little bit. Uh, which again, I mean, that's a stupid idea because he, the films don't work without him. He's an incredible director, and he he did so phenomenal. But yeah, the boat stuff, like I realize you want you need to have that scene where Batman says, "Actually, we're not all as bad as you think, and you're alone." It's great, but it's such it's so contrived and it's so. Like, um, um, what's the, like, oh, I can't even think of it. Not navel gazing, like the opposite of that. Like, oh. Uh, 
the, the good in people directory. Whereas in real life, sort of, the prisoner, they would, the regular people would blow up the prisoner ship so fucking fast. And they would Instagram live themselves doing it. I'm killing them, I'm killing them, I am. That's what would happen in real life. Uh, whereas in, in Christopher Nolan's wide eyed, beautiful, you know, humans are better than, than you give them credit for thing, that doesn't happen. Yeah, little things like that, and there's also the whole he gets captured on purpose, and and it's like I loved that movie. I must have watched that movie when it came out on DVD. I ripped it and put it on my iPod. I must have watched that movie twenty to twenty five times. Knew it word for word nearly at one stage, and all the little mm-hmm. Nolan-y contrivances didn't bother me. But now going back and watching it, you're like, oh, he gets captured on purpose, and then he gets it. And Gordon faked his own death, but the Joker actually thought of that as well. And he and all he so gave him the wrong warehouse addresses. What? Oh my god! And then nobody actually made Two Face on purpose. And you're just like, all right, eh, like. But again, like I said, it's so hard because it, that's just what the film is. You know what I mean? You kind of have to go along for the Nolan ride, but. This is really fucking hard because the flip side of that you could say is is Logan then a little bit tropey, a little bit predictable, and right. a little bit kind of you know, uh, oh, you know, you know what we need more of in entertainment lads is a grumpy uh, nihilistic male who realizes through a young girl that maybe he's not so bad. Hmm. Maybe the inner dad in me is saying that yeah, I can be good. Um, fucking hell, this is hard. Hey, gut feeling, Logan. Oh, there you go. No going back now. Logan, it is. And then our main event of the evening it is the 1984 original, which launched a star literally to government. The Terminator. I think Barry and I are, at least Barry and I, I'm not sure about you, Joe, but Barry and I in agreement, our favorite in the series versus Chairshot Podcast's own Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) So Jingle All the Way is not in there, but I had to have one of them. Now, since we were just on the topic of watching a film 20 times, I think Cabin in the Woods is the only film in the 2010s that I've probably legitimately seen about 10 times. Um, mm. I love it. It's so clever. It's so yeah. wacky. It's it's almost the dumbest film before Kong vs. Godzilla came out. <laughs> But in a way that is is actually funny, is actually frightening, is actually exciting. God, I love Cabin in the Woods. I watch Cabin in the Woods till the day, literally the day I die. <laughs> On the day he dies, get get me Cabin in the Woods Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be buried with me. Um, that being said, God, term, I was going to say Godfather, Terminator Two: Judgment Day is seen by many as, and including me as one of like the pinnacles of certainly that like 80s 90s action genre that was like really prevalent at that mm-hmm. time. and even allowing for that i think the terminator is better i think it is the best 
uh, Terminator movie. I think Arnie as the antagonist is the way to go. When they turn him face, okay, don't get me wrong, Terminator 2 is great. Arnie as the heel is better than Arnie as the babyface. And Arnie as babyface only works because he was the heel first. In the first place, anyway. Um, I love the bits where he using the Terminator vision and he says, yeah. fuck you, asshole. And all that stuff. Like It even has comedy in it in a film that is almost entirely otherwise humorless. has this one little comedy beat that works so well. But is it better than Cabin in the Woods? Or that's not even the question. Do I like it more than Cabin in the Woods? God, I I I dare say I don't. I think Cabin in the Woods just is 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 so is weird enough that it 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 ticks so many like boxes that are a kilometer apart, it somehow ticks both of them. Whereas Terminator is really good at, at its singular thing. I think Cabin in the Woods is so unique. And so out there that that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, a really unique kind of genuinely funny, incisive, satirical parody versus like a genre movie that is, but it is like the definitive genre movie. It's laser focused and it's how good it is at what it does. I, I only watched Terminator 2 for the first time very recently. And listen, it is very good. There's some great action in it. But man, it's like you had something cool here with the Terminator, and look, you got you. You did some nice stunts, Jim. Okay, fair play to you. But <laughs> what the fuck? Terminator One is so fucking cool, and it's like a horror, dystopian, fucking sci-fi thing, and it's oh, it's dark, and it's so cool. And then you had to put like Bart Simpson in it. <laughs> oh man, he is so goddamn annoying. Um. Anyway, that's not the, that's not that's not the conversation for today. No, that's that's coming up next week. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but with all that said, I think I kind of have to go cabin in the woods as well. I mean, it's especially since it's mm. this podcast's you know tournament. I think it's only fair. Um, this would be a tough one if it was T2 versus Cabin in the Woods. Right. I might go T2. Are you a T2 man, Joe? Yeah. I know it's, it's a lot of stupid shit in it, like the thumbs up at the end and I need a vacation <laughs> all that. Um, and the annoying child. But yeah, I, I have only seen Terminator, I think twice. I need to watch that again, actually, but. I just love Cabin in the Woods. It's just so fun and fun and smart and kind of interesting characters. So yeah, Cabin in the Woods. Okay, that closes out our first run through here. So just to confirm, Ooh. the movies that have qualified are uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Coco, Moonlight, Mad Max Fury Road, Inception, Blair Witch Project, The Godfather, Logan, The Born Identity, Twelve Angry Men. Reservoir Dogs, Psycho, Shaun of the Dead, Pulp Fiction, Toy Story 3, and Cabin in the Woods. Uh, just to give you a preview, coming up next week, we have Godfather Part 2. We have Jurassic Park. We have mm. The Shining. Mm. We have Home Alone, Star Wars, <laughs> uh, Parasite, Empire Strikes Back, Mission Possible Fallout, and of course... Back to the future. 
And also by this by the time we talk next week we'll have watched WrestleMania probably. Yeah, I, I feel like I almost certainly will. I mean there's no point. I, I, I I've taken the day off. I was I was initially not gonna bother and I, I, I was saying to my brother, like, is this the year? Is this the year we don't watch it? And I was like, Well maybe Maybe like I'll after work if I'm feeling like it, we can stick it on. And then yeah, but we kind of both realized like if we're not watching it live, are we gonna bother? As I like, well, we gotta watch it live then. Okay, so I took the Monday off. I, I will say the one thing that that makes me more likely to watch it is the fact that they have a Saturday show. Um, well, yeah. Um, and I will probably. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking Monday off, so I won't be watching Sunday live. But um, okay. I mean, I'm very curious to see this because it's going to have a, a crowd, you know. Um, right. WWE have had over a year of no live reactions, uh, so mm. I'm kind of curious to see like how over is Drew going to be, how over is Edge going to be. Um, I kind of feel like everyone's going to be beloved because people are just happy to be back at the uh, at shows. Um, so I am I'm de- I, I'm I'm interested, and I think on on paper the card actually looks really good, um, which sometimes can be the kiss of death for WrestleMania. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know which matches are on which nights, but but it does. Uh... <laughs> Let's not even talk about it. I I want to be surprised when I, when I sit down watching it, not knowing what matches are happening. <laughs> so I have no idea. I have no idea. Not only what matches are on what nights, I think I only know about three of the matches. Yeah, well, they've really they've really filled out the cards the last couple of weeks, where it's kind of like okay. they have, like, without getting into specific, they have like almost every major player in a match. Um, okay, like there's a lot of mm-hmm. on both nights, just like mid cards that are full of like, here's this guy A versus guy B, they're just gonna have a match, you know. Um, and it's mostly really good pairings. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I suppose again, we don't, we don't, we don't review the shows weekly anyway, so we're not going to do any big massive rundown. But I'm very curious. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to yeah. everyone getting in, and having a good time, live reactions. Hopefully, hopefully they don't take this as a chance to just get clever and <laughs> try and do weird stuff. Like just have matches. Just have matches. Um, winners and losers, you know. There's your novel concept. Right. Um, I I assume. Um, here's I'll spoil one match for you, Paul. I assume Randy Orton was the fiend. I imagine <laughs> that is not going to be in front of people. Um, you don't think? Well, I suppose yeah. I mean, will they bother doing a cinematic match since they have a? Cr- I think they will. I think I think I think they will because they 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 do they both. Probably. Yeah, they, they, yeah. It'll start in the ring and then go back. It'll be like that. Raw, was it the Raw twenty fifth anniversary where one crowd got like a full show and the other crowd got DX and oh yeah for five minutes? It'll be that. The Manhattan night two get an hour of the fiend and a Sheamus match. Yeah. So um, yeah. Okay. So we'll 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 watch that. We'll talk about. It. Will we say? Will we say Monday for next week? So. I think yeah. so. Yeah. That so we can we can chat about it. Um, I hope it's good. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so there's no other. We've gone. We had a kind of. We've had a lengthy one this week, so we might call it. I, I mean, look, Dynamite was very good. I don't know if we have to chat about it. I mean, Dynamite featured the weirdest return 
of me- just men standing in a bathroom. It was so anticlimactic. Who? Did anyone else feel that? <laughs> I didn't mind it. When the I inner forgot. circle were just standing in the jacks. Oh, well, no, that was great. That was a surprise attack. Oh, I was expecting uh, that they would keep them off TV for a few weeks and they'd have a big return, as opposed to... Well, MJ- right. I didn't... Yeah. I didn't think of it as a return because they came back so quickly. Yeah. I just thought it was just, oh, yeah. they're, they're there. You know. I don't know. Yeah. I, they, he opened the door and they're just standing in the bathroom. Oh, you know, it, it was fun, but I did. there was a bit of me that thought, oh, that's that's a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, maybe. I liked, I liked oh, the yeah. beatdown they all they gave him. So I only much, have one... So, go on, Joe. Sorry. So I was going to say, I only have one thing to say on Dynamite, which is I fucking loved the main event. Um, after what was the most kind of listless uh, feud of all time in the history of Dynamite um, between best friends and uh, uh, what's his name, Miro and, and Thingy. And oh, I love the main event, especially the ending, the hug, Sue giving the big thumbs up. Yeah. And, and, the, and the Pixies playing, which just makes it feel like it's a, a movie scene. Um, having like proper music just really elevates it. So I absolutely love it. It's one of my highlights of my favorite Dynamite moments of all time. Which I wouldn't have thought going into that, that match after the feud. But speaking of, go. I really like the QT Marshall angle. Yeah, Oy. same. Un, un, I wouldn't have thought that if you said mm. that to me last week. And a, and a, um, a great use of three, three. Yeah, it's a good little little gang. The the box, they're finally doing something with the boxer guy, you know, who they've had for yeah since the start. Like I feel like he signed near the beginning of AEW. Yeah, his punch look, his punch looked good as it, well. It did, yeah. Um, so yeah, good, uh, good stuff there. Um, mm. I thought Christian looked as good as ever. You know, back, yeah, their match was good. Didn't miss a step, like, and really gave you a feel for like, right, this guy is gonna come in and he's just gonna have great matches with everyone. He's gonna work with all the youngsters. He's gonna give them the best match of their young careers. They're gonna learn loads. It's great. That's that was the vibe of his of his match. A great match, but totally different yeah. from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was Dynamite. I, I would echo the love for the for the main event. Um, I did watch countless times. Uh, um, Chris Stanley hitting Penelope Ford in the face with that <laughs> uh, that window. That was incredibly funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, really 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 fun show um, as always. Uh, next week or this or tomorrow, uh, two days from now, I guess is the last Wednesday Night War. Mm. Um, as NXT officially moves, and funnily enough, I mean, it, it, they're setting off. It, 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 they could quite possibly win the final night. NXT could because it was pretty close. AEW had a pretty pretty poor mm. performance this week, and they're putting Takeover or Night One of Takeover on Wednesday on what's it called USA. So um, I'm not watching any of that. By the way, I, I I'm checked out on NXT. So um, nah. it'll just be it'll just be it'll be the big leagues for me, brother. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's WrestleMania week. Uh, hope everyone, uh, if anyone in the area is going or going to the Indies, enjoy, be safe, and all that. Wash your hands very often, please. Um, don't drink the water. Don't. Oh God, yeah, like avoid the tropical storm or whatever the fuck is going on down there. Oh so, my God. Maybe don't wash your hands. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Take care of yourself, whatever you do. Um, but, do, but do try and enjoy yourself and uh, we will be back next week talking talking mania and all the news therein um, yeah so that'll be that'll be doing it there for this week from us so it's a uh, goodbye from me Barry 
It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Goodbye.